got okay. Do you have enough raw sugars over there? I, I mean, th- listen. This is this was. Look at all that shit. It's not. It, it's not what. It's not what it looks like. It's not an issue. It's not an issue. It's I. You never know. I've got them before where they give them to me and they don't put any fucking sugar in them. Matt's or got at the raw bottom. sugar running through his veins right now. I'm I'm almost done with this one and I'll finish that one. And I'm, I mean, I got to be up. I've been, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I ran five and a half miles. I'm fucking. I'm dead, bro. I'm working all day long. I drive all the way over here. It's like 40 bucks worth of gas. I drive a yeah. piece of shit vehicle. Yeah. I'd put more oil in my car the other day. I'm putting a quart of oil a month in that thing. Anyways, what are we going to do today? So we had the great idea. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give this kid a you, shout out. You had a great idea. This is a great this idea. This wasn't actually my idea. No? I'll, oh, I'm going to admit that this, okay. this wasn't my idea. Huge shout out to this dude on Instagram, Jack McHugh. All right. Dude DM'd me and said, hey, Danny, was watching the channel, had an idea for content with Matt Cox. Nice. We thought about doing commentary while you guys watch his American Greed episode. Would be great content. Great fucking idea. And here we are two days later. We're doing it. All right. I'm in the middle of doing a podcast. Let me call you back, period. Also, I'm looking for the second porn star's name, period. You're such a big shot now. You just text. You talk to text in the middle of the podcast. It's a. It's you're a, getting flown off. You just got flown to Houston to do a podcast for Valuetainment. How did that go? I think I should clarify that statement. That sounds. I'm working on a story. It's a porn star shit. It's a porn star in the story. Oh, okay. That's what the text star. message. Yes, that was, was about. a text. Oh, this right. is the writer guy that I work with. So. Okay. Cool. Um. So. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. So. Um, How was your trip to Houston? You did a huge podcast out there. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was with uh, Patrick Bet David. He does a valuetainment, and uh, he contacted me because of because somebody on his staff, one of the producers, saw this, and he brought it up and said, "You got to see this." And he told him about you know my story. He said, "Oh, I got to ha- see that guy," and he I, they flew me out there, and I did the did it, and uh, it was good. The problem with it was. The guy has, he actually interviews you. Um, unlike unlike you, Unlike concrete. So he actually has like a format where he starts asking questions. And instead of just let me tell the story, I end up kind of being interviewed and being thrown questions that I have no, it's that you never get a rhythm. Like I'm used to telling the story. I've been telling the fucking story for 10 years. So I'm used to just telling the story. I sit down and they go, so what happened, bro? And I go, okay, here's what happened. Boom, 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 boom. So I have the whole thing laid out. What's hard when somebody says, so when did you get in the mortgage industry? Oh, okay. What are your parents like? Oh, okay. Well, what happened? You're like, fuck, I'm all over the place. I'm like, I got no rhythm here, so I don't feel like they I don't feel like the I, shit out of that. I don't feel like I did a good job. They edit the shit out of it. They they produce the fuck out of that thing. They add all kinds of music. Yeah, they do B-roll a good. They do video. a good job. Yeah, it's great. It's super entertaining. Yeah, I mean, he's got a fucking huge stat. Like when I walked in, you know, it's not it's not Danny in the back room with a, of a buddy's place. I mean, oh, it's hell a, no. It's a fucking production, bro. He's got yeah. fucking cameras. He's got camera guy, two camera guys. He's got a producer. He's got fucking assistants. He's got there's like five guys in the room. You're dealing with big shots now. <laughs> so That's okay, cool. so, so what I did today? What I did get to talk about on yeah. the podcast? What did you get to talk about? Tell me. I got to talk about the book. Oh, you're not even cool. fucking helping, bro. Shark in the housing shark, pool. Shark in the housing what, pool. What is this about real estate? Not, not kind of. It's my story. This is my story. This is your personal story. Yeah, this is what really happened. This is the oh. real fucking holy shit. Based on even when I researched this, when I was writing it, because I didn't know everything. I'm getting, I'm getting FBI 302 forms in. I'm getting the fucking 
MOI forms from the Secret Service. Like, there's all kinds of shit I didn't know that were happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That is this the final cover? You're gonna have it like this, but in color. Well, that's the that's a proof. This is the well. I'm actually thinking about. I was gonna do another you cover. Do fucking red text with like the blue water in the everybody, background, everybody, just like Jaws. Everybody's a um, a critic. I'm no, a fine I artist. was gonna do one another one blue with a bunch of sharks and have me on the front cover. Because only you know, I typically I wasn't gonna do that, but I thought about it. And I thought all my other books have the actual subject on the cover. So this one, I thought, well, maybe I should be on that. Somebody suggest, said you should be on the cover. Yeah. So me on the cover with a bunch of sharks and whatever. So, but yeah, that's the book, man. It's like I like it. It's it's yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. It's just it's people are gonna love this one because everyone loves your story. I think the most. Listen, I, everybody, you know, here's what the thing is. Everybody on the in the comments are like. Um, oh, you know, I'm so glad you're turning a new leaf and you're staying out of trouble and you're doing the right thing. Buy a fucking book. <laughs> yeah. If you want to help me, you know. Oh, I, I've even had people say, man, I wish I could contribute. Well, you can. I, I have a Patreon account, actually. <laughs> yeah, I created Matt a fucking Patreon yeah. account. You should go donate money to it and so, go buy his shit on Amazon. So um, this is, uh, so I have a book. I have a book. Buy the fucking book, bro. Buy it. You got more yeah. than one. You got plenty. Man, it's Amazon. It's great. It'll be at your house in like three days. So that's the book. And this is what actually happened. Bro, and I'm even hard on myself in it. I mean, I, I say exactly just what happened. This is what happened. This is how it happened. The mm-hmm. whole thing. Unlike American Greed. Which we are about to watch. Yeah. Which Thanks for the introduction. It's about 90% true. Maybe 95. It's It's a little skewed here and there. But yeah, you know. It's pretty accurate, but there's well, some you were in shit. you were locked up the first time you saw this, right? No, where no, were you? It came out. They came to me. This was part of the reason I got a reduction was just to do the interview with American Greed. They came to me, sent me a letter, sent my lawyer a letter, sent the U.S. Attorney a letter, said we're doing this story. We'd like to talk to Cox. Talk, I called my lawyer. My lawyer said I got the letter. I'm a, the U.S. Attorney's already called me. They want you to do an interview. So they set up an interview, a phone interview, because you can't get, you cannot get cameras into federal prison anytime you see people will say oh no i've seen pictures of guys on camera in prison yeah those are state prisons they're not federal so you can't get a camera in so i did a phone interview and they use bits and pieces of the phone interview okay um they interview allison arnold which is one of my uh one of my um co-defendants uh they interview who else? They interview the U.S. attorney. They interview the Secret Service agent. They do not interview Candace Calderon, which is the FBI agent. They, the lady who called you when you were yeah, on the run. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck, that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been good. You would have seen her, too. She's like, she's, I'm telling you, she's like 5'10", fake breasts, good-looking, intimidating as fuck, mean, like just fucking angry, bro. It's like there's no reason to be that angry. Just even, I mean, literally, there was literally when she was interviewing me, there was a a "Don't lie to us" moment. I was like, "The fuck!" She's in the fucking table. I mean, she's like, it was like it was like something out of like a like a real cop show or something. I was like, yeah. "Fucking lying! What are you talking about?" Yeah, she's she's got she's got issues. Wow, she's got anger management issues. She's still around. She's still in the agency. She's got. She has to have retired by now. Yeah. Fucking long time ago, but where were you the first time you saw this episode? I was, uh, I was in the halfway house, and okay. Trion Calta, uh, Trion Calta had hired me to work there, and so I, I show up. He and this uh, a buddy of his, Mike, 
So he and Mike, I walk in. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, what do you guys? You know, I come in, and he's like, yeah, he's like, we got something for you. I go, what's that? And he he pulls out the episode, and it's. I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, bro, we got it on Hulu. Yeah. So they put it up, and we watched the whole thing. And what's funny is, like you said, the commentary. Literally, the whole time we're watching it, like on his phone, he would go every once in a while something would happen. He'd stop it and go, is that what really happened? I'd be like, yeah, that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> and he'd play it, and he'd go. Is that what happened? And I go, no, nah, kind of, and then I explain it. So right. that was my first. So I've already done this really once. All right, let's do this. Let's roll this thing. dun da da dun da da Here we go. The premiere of the – what's the title of, the, of this American Greed episode? Is there like a title to yeah. it? Or? The Bonnie and Clyde of Mortgage Fraud. The Bonnie and Clyde of Mortgage Fraud. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Gonna put it up like in this episode of American Greed, he had millions and millions and millions and millions and more millions. Matt Cox and Rebecca Hawk. Matt says, I gotta get out of here, I gotta leave. You know, you wanna come? The Bonnie and Clyde of mortgage fraud. This plan was to get as much as he can. Look at you, dude. <laughs> Look at that hairline. I know that's Ooh. This is rough. You look Hispanic. I was tan. And go somewhere else and do it. And that's go that's the elephant. Yeah, at that point, I really did. I thought, they'll never catch me. This is kind of what your valuetainment podcast is going to look like. Yeah. In Tampa, Florida, a young man named Matt Cox is making a killing in real estate. He has fast cars, lots of cash. There's always a pretty woman at his side. Part of his character was like this mystery man, like this mysterious, like, who is he? <laughs> Allison Arnold is new to Tampa. So who is Allison Arnold again? Um, Allison Arnold was a mortgage broker that was working for another mortgage company and she and the guy the guy that owned the mortgage company i'm just it, anyway his name is eddie Stralis. Uh-huh. uh eddie owned a mortgage company called uh, tampa heights mortgage and she was working there well eddie called me up one day he's like look she's got this fu- she's a mortgage broker she's got this loan we can't get it closed yeah. i don't know what to do can you talk to her so i go in and i look at the at the thing and i remember the uh the comparable sales were too far away and the, there were no comparable sales that justified the the sales price right, right, in the right. area. And I was like, look, they're going three and a half miles away. And she was like, yeah, that's what they said. And I was like, look, everything's good in, in it, but the appraisal's fucked up. You need to. And she's like, well, what do I do? I said, well, give me the file and I'll close it. And she's like, well, what do I get? And I was like, well, I mean, I'll give you 500 bucks. She's like, I need, what do you, $500? I was like, you can't close it. You can't close the loan. It's done. He's got a real estate commission off it. These people want to buy the house. Give me the file. You're good. Thanks. I appreciate it. 500 bucks. That's what you get for a referral fee. And she's like, I, well, I really need the money. And nah, 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 nah. and look, you saw her. Look, look at her. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker. I mean, fuck. <laughs> she's, she's adorable. So, which, you know, is, it's wrong to, you know, judge her on that because she was also a very smart person. Single mother. Single mother. Single mother, which we know I like. To Tampa. Asshole. She's recently divorced, struggling to raise a young son. 
Allison meets Matt Cox in the spring of 2003 and quickly begins to fall for him. He had a nice place. He had really nice furniture. He was just really well connected. His friends were all young and successful. I thought the mortgage business was it. Matt Cox is a mortgage broker, real estate rehabber, and overall renaissance man. He's a talented artist who paints elaborate murals in all his properties. Forgot about that. And he's obsessed wow, with you stories that? about yeah. con men. Well, that's actually an artist by the name of Tamara De La Pack, mm-hmm. and she's one of my favorite artists. And I would take, I would make collages of her artwork because I the place I bought was built in like 1901. And she was uh, circa, I'd say, 1920s, which was the Art Deco. So it was close. It's a different style, but whatever. It was close. It was so I, I made collages and I, I mean, and I paint them and and uh, they were cool. But the Allison thing, I was gonna say, what ended up happening was I ended up splitting. I think I split the commission with her. Mm, so okay, but I ended up closing the loan that she couldn't close. Okay, and so she ended up coming to work for me <clears throat> because she was like, look, I can't, you know, you. I couldn't close this thing Got here. It. Got it. You handed it. You guys closed it like that. And I said, "Look, come work for me." I, I talk about I talk about all that in this in book. This book. <laughs> he loved going to the movie theater, and we would go and see movies like um, the one that I fell in love with that we saw was The Italian Job. To us. And he just loved that movie. He's like, oh, "Look at them, and they got away with it." You know, he loved when people got away with it. Don't break my heart. You told me you were through. After this, I am, I swear to you. Like his heroes in the movies, Matt Cox dreams of doing one big score and then going legit. Here's the plan. You'll assume fake identities. Take out multiple mortgage loans. Did How did they get those ID cards? I was just thinking that. Because, you know, I've only seen this once. Um, I, I might Do they this. make those? No, no. Those right there, I I think those are the actual ones. I think the Secret Service probably gave the, the Really? Term. I mean, the Secret Service is interviewed. I'm sure they gave full cooperation. The U.S. Attorney's Office was interviewed. They wanted this episode. Multiple mortgage loans on properties he doesn't own and pocket the money. On average, each loan will be around $100,000. All I wanted to do was get a million dollars and, you know, open a, a, a legitimate business sell paintings or buy some real estate and rent out apartments or something legit so I didn't have to do anything else. Allison goes to work at Matt Cox's mortgage company, not knowing what's in store for her. Just a few weeks later, Cox calls in a favor. When Allison was down on her luck, he helped her out. He rented an apartment for Allison and bought her new furniture. Now... It's payback time. Does that, <laughs> that sound sinister? Is that true? Uh, that that's actually true. I did buy her. She had. She was going. Sinister. It does sound sinister. She was going through a divorce. First of all, first of all, I don't owe you anything. I met you because you gave me a loan. I gave you your money. Yeah. You wanted to come work for me. Mm-hmm. You came to work for me. Great. I gave her a bunch more loans. She closed more loans. These are fraudulent loans. She knows that fraud's be- being done there. So I'm not luring you in. You know what's going. You've closed several loans at this point. They're fraud. Yeah. So, but one of the things was she was living in her husband's house and they were going through a divorce. She wasn't divorced already. She was getting a divorce. So I was, I'm sleeping with her. I'm sleeping with another girl named Jana. So these two are 
fighting back and forth. It's just a fucking soap opera, bro. Jana lives across the street from me. She's got a fucking girlfriend. That chick hates my guts. Um, I mean, it, it's just fucking ridiculous, bro. I mean, Jana's chasing fucking Allison out of the house. She's chasing other girls out. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's fucking outrageous. So the point is, is that I end up, she needs a place to stay. And she's like, look, I'm in my husband's house. You know, Jana showed up at the fucking house one day at her husband's house where she lives and is telling him she's fucking his boss. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So he's like, you got to get out. So she gets out and she's like, what do I do? I'm like, look, well, I don't want her to move in with me. I mean, I like Allison, but can't ever move in with me, you know. So I go and I rent her an apartment in the name of uh, Brandon Green, one of my fake people. So I rent the apartment. I then take his credit cards and I go buy her a bunch of shit at home at a... Uh, rooms to go, buy her a bunch of furniture, all Brandon Green, Brandon Green. Buy, she's got a like a I think it was a two bedroom, two bath, nice place in Ebor City, and with that new huge apartment complex. Um, so she moves in there. I give her fucking money. I pay her fucking rent. I don't owe you anything. But I'm doing all of this, but the way they make it sound, he's you know he got her a place. He she owes him. You doesn't owe me anything. She's asking me to commit fraud. <laughs> But, but, you know, but I mean, but what, but, but what they are saying is, yeah, she did come to work for me. That's true. She did come to work for me. She was making money doing fraud. I did rent her a place. So, you know, to me, that's like a 90%. That's like 90% true. I mean, they're just kind of tweaking it a little bit, which is fine. He's like, Allison, I'm helping you and my investors are helping you so that we have your loyalty so that you'll do anything for us. There are no investors. What the con man wants is for Allison to be his partner in crime. He wants her to assume a fake identity and apply for a mortgage loan. Not once or twice, but seven times. (laughs) Seven different banks. He's already stolen an identity for her. The name Rosita Perez. A real person who supposedly crossed a friend of his. The funny thing is, is... Look at me. I've got bluish green eyes. I had blonde hair at the time, pale skin, and I was portraying to be Rosita Perez. The bankers, the closer um, for the title company, they're like, how'd you get this name? You're not Puerto Rican or Spanish, are you? And my license said I had brown eyes, and I clearly didn't. Maybe Allison looks too innocent to pull off a con. Whatever the reason, first time she tries it, she's successful. She walks away from the bank with a check for $117,000. What was that about? Yeah, what she and I went and we found a house. Uh-huh. We rented the house. She rented the house. I, mean, I went with her. We walk in the house. She likes it. The guy comes in, the investor that owns the house comes in, meets her. They, uh, he, she signs a lease. She gives him some money. She rents the house. I go to public records. I take the deed that's in the house from his name, and I put it into her name, Rosita Perez's name. And we satisfy the loan that he had on the house. So now she owns the house. Rosita Perez owns the house free and clear. <laughs> so then we, just, then we apply for like five, six, seven, five, six, or six. They said seven mortgages. I want to say it was five or six, but whatever. Let's say it's seven. Who, who cares? Um, she applies for the loans. We schedule a bunch of loans. Where over the next two or three days, she's going to close on like a million dollars worth, almost a million dollars worth of loans. Maybe seven. On this dude's house. On this guy's house. Okay. Well, I mean, you know. 
Okay. I feel bad about that. Yeah. What am I supposed to say? I mean, that's what it was. I mean, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be he, fine. He, eventually, the title, title insurance companies will pay it back, right. pay it off. That's what always happens. Yeah, there's a choice for that. Yeah. No <laughs> one feels bad for the insurance companies. Anyway. <laughs> okay. This is surveillance footage of Allison trying to deposit the check. I was the girl that went to the bank, and I gave the check to the teller. I would say, okay, deposit this into my account, and then I'd go slowly to pull the money out week after week. Supposedly. We never got that far. The check wouldn't clear the bank because the driver's license was fake. Yeah. You know what happened? You know what really happened there? Okay, so here's what really happened. Oh, three. So here's what really happened. What really happened was the girl, and I'm not going to say the girl's name, which was a mortgage broker that worked for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Why wouldn't you want to say her name? Well, because she's currently uh, works at a bank. Oh, okay. Uh, she she had a friend, uh, a girl that she says fucked her over. Like, oh, she tore up my. She was living in her house. She tore up my furniture. She cost me ten thousand dollars. You know, if you uh, if you ever if you want to use her information, I want uh, get to get her fucked up. Fuck her. You know, do something. You know, this chick's committing fraud on a daily basis at the mortgage company too. By the way, so she's like, can you do? It? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to steal anybody's identity. I'm making the fake people, but she keeps pushing. Allison's pushing. So I use her because she had like seven hundred and fifty credit scores so i was like okay so i said yeah but this chick is from new york does she have a driver's license down here she says no she just moved here a few months ago she hasn't even opened a bank account nothing so she doesn't have a driver's license issued in florida i can go and get and make you one that hasn't been um placed with anybody yet or assigned anybody and then i can go and i could open up a bank account i'd been doing it Mm. all my fake people are being are opening up bank accounts using fake uh, fake driver's license numbers so I can make one for her and it will be fine. Mm. So we put it on the license. Allison goes and opens up a bank account and the bank account, um, it gets flagged because turns out that the girl had, op- had gotten a driver's license, which I didn't know about because I was told she didn't have one. So she did get a driver's license in Florida. She had did have one oh, assigned. Fuck. She was so when she walked in, she gave her an all, a, a different number. It wasn't the same number that showed up in check systems. They said, "Boom, there's this fraud. Something's wrong." So she wasn't able to open the bank account. But that's not even the main issue. The main issue was that she went to one title company, closed the title, got the money. The next closing she went to, the woman at the title company looked at her license and went, "This doesn't look like you." It was her. It was her license. It was her picture. I had her dye her hair black and curl it and go in and get a DMV photo and do the whole thing. It was really her picture. Wow. But a couple days before the closing, she dyed her hair blonde. And we were like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, no, it's still my picture. And we're like, you're Rosita Perez. You're a Spanish chick. At the very least, you can, I mean, yeah, you can say that you were married, but you still, why, why change? You, your, your hair's black in the picture. And so she's all, she's like, it's not a big deal. I mean, what's the problem? Oh my God, you're, you're overreacting. So she goes in, boom, second closing, the chick, the woman at the title company is like, this, something doesn't make sense. Has her sign all the documents, but won't give her the check. Wow. So that's what really happened was then she goes in the bank. She can't open the bank account. Then she gives the check to a buddy of mine who's running a similar scam in Orlando and it, 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 it's been flagged. So now it's been flagged. Okay. That's what what really happens. They streamline it. Okay. 
thanks, but none will take it. Though this scheme is foiled, Cox hasn't given up the dream of doing one big score and living the rest of his days on a beach in the Caribbean. Is that true? Did you have like a certain amount of money in your head? Like, I'm just going to hit one big lick and then I'm moving to the Caribbean. Is that true? No, not really. And when I, I, I mean, and I say that in here, I just said a million. I just want to get like a million dollars. And I mean, I may have said that and, and I did want to get some money. You know, I wanted, and I don't quit. I don't think I had a million dollars because there were multiple times we had a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it doesn't, but a lot of times you have to understand too, if, if we had 5 million or $3 million out, well, if we owed $4 million in fucking mortgages or $4 million in real estate, you see what I'm saying? It's like you never really have that money exactly. in cash. It's you can't always eat equity. Right. Matt was the most greedy person out there. And what he wanted was money. Money, money, money. He didn't care who he hurt, who he stepped on, or what he had to do in order to get it. Nice. So listen, Matt I'll tell Carson. you right now. So I was watching this in when I was with Treon and Mike uh, at the gym, when I, she said that, I'd been talking to Allison in the halfway house, right, the whole time. So I picked up the phone, and I called her right then, and, right then and I went, Matt is the greediest person I've ever met in my entire life. And she goes, you don't understand. They interviewed me for hours. They chopped it up. It's not like that. It's not like, well, <laughs> that's what you said. And she's like, you don't... I, I'm so you. I was trying to get my sentence reduced. You don't. I'm fucking laughing. I was like, I don't care. It's oh fine. Oh my god. It was funny though. Cox and Allison break up, and Cox goes looking for another woman to play Bonnie to his Clyde. He's very, you know, charming. In the beginning, he told me how much he cared about me and loved me and want you know, with us to get a place together. Rebecca Hawk is another single mom who's fallen under the another, spell of another single mom. Her story suckers. does not have a happy ending, but it begins with promise. All of his friends You're had uh, brand new cars, hmm? gorgeous homes. Oh, I mean, well, and I'm thinking, how yeah. the heck is I'm barely making it? Sure, I'm a single mom, but why well, have a quote? Matt Cox uh, is an unlikely ladies' man. He's diminutive. Diminutive. About five foot six. How about those jeans? It's just mean. Right? What, what was fucking 2000? Like it was 2000. Those Jinkos? 2003. It's 2003. <laughs> so look, so the guy that we stole the house, remember we got the house from? Here's a quote from him in the book because at the beginning of each chapter, I have a, here's a quote I put, uh, and his name was uh, Stephen Jackson, real estate investor. He put, it's almost impossible to stop them when they're this talented and smart, as smart as these people. Wow. So I have a bunch of quotes from uh, just different things that people have said throughout the whole thing. But I remember I had a quote from him. That's a good quote. Yeah. But what he lacks in height, he makes up for in street smarts. He was very persuasive as far as how he handled things like and talked to people. I need to bring that part back. Got things I needed the part, and, and he was in charge of a lot. Fucking... So I liked that. I liked that he could, you know, the way he handled things. Matt Cox grew up in Tampa. He showed an early... Whoa! Look at that! How old were you there? 17. Jesus! Studied art in college. 
In an exclusive phone interview with American Greed, Cox says he always knew art was no way to get rich quick. I mean, I never expected to be an artist because I guess, I don't know, I just didn't think I was ever going to be good enough or make enough money as an artist to survive. His real talent is the art of the card and the knack for finding the perfect sidekick. They were single mothers, divorced. They had money problems. They met him, uh, by and large, in the, on online dating uh, services, uh, where he came across as this uh, sort of uh, smart, uh, well-to-do uh, mortgage broker, uh, you know, who's artistic. And Who is this guy? This is Jeff Testerman. He wrote 34, 35 articles on me okay. for the St. Petersburg Times. He's um, kind of like the guy that broke the story. Oh, really? Yeah. Really has a great sense of humor and drives a nice car. I think that the women, while vulnerable, wanted a piece of the pie as well. He could tell that I was, you know, someone that wouldn't tell on him, and, you know, he could. But in the meantime, he's offering me all this money and saying he wants to take care of my son and I, send Bryce to a private school. And I'm thinking, you know, okay. I knew her about a month. Finally, you know, I, can, I met someone that I knew her about wants to take care of my son and I and I is capable of doing son. it. Yeah. And not really paying attention to the, uh, or not wanting no, no. to pay attention to what he was doing and how he was doing it. I knew online, I knew about a month. We've been on. Matt Cox decides Rebecca Hall a dozen is dates ideal at most. Partner. He shows her a good time, charms her, and takes her to a movie that could be about his own life. Mm. We saw Matchstick Man, and it's about a con. We did see You're Matchstick Man. You're a con man? Con artist. Yeah, I think we did see Matchstick Man. Flim Flam Man, Matchstick Man, Loser, whatever you want to call it, take your pick. A lot of it was probably me just wanting to overlook it, more so than being realistic and thinking, okay, what are you getting involved in here? When American Greed returns, Matt Cox and Rebecca Hawk go on the run and swindle the world's biggest bank. Dun, dun, dun. What bank was it? The world's biggest bank. You said Bank of America? I don't know. This is great so far. Con artist. You prefer con artist over con man? Confidence. It kind of hits confidence. confidence man. You're an artist and you're a con man. It's true. In Tampa, a rogue mortgage broker named Matt Cox is assuming fake identities to take out multiple mortgage loans on properties he doesn't own, pocketing the money, and making millions in the process. The year is 2003. In a red-hot real estate market, the con man hides in plain sight. Everybody was getting rich. Everybody was flipping property. Jeff Testerman is an investigative reporter with the St. Petersburg Times. In the fall of 2003, he gets a tip from an associate of Matt Cox. And we began to talk. And he suggested things to me uh, the way a good source is supposed to do. He gave me the leads, and I went to the courthouse and got the documentary evidence to show that he was telling the truth. Testerman's source says that Matt Cox, the artist, is using a palette of fake names. I called them uh, color-coded aliases. Charles White, James Red, Brandon Green. Uh, Matt Cox had a sense of humor about these things. Cox uses the aliases to create sham... 
Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs. I had no. William Blue. I had Lee Black. I had Miss. I had uh, Michael White. I had Brandon Green, James Red, uh, David Silver. Um, I had a bunch of them. I had a bunch of them. Um, That's and, where you got it from. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, remember That's I amazing. told you the, the guys were, ha- the guy had to, the way I was doing, because the people don't exist, so who's going into the closing? Right. Right. So I the title companies would let, would because I was had, because of the mortgage company, and we were doing so many mortgages, you could go to a title company if you were the broker, and you could say, look, my guy's at work. Can I bring him the title stuff, the, the title policy, or sorry, can I bring the closing documents to his work and let him sign them? And they're like, ah, I'm supposed to be there to notarize it. And they, you know, but, you know, if you're closing a bunch of loans with this, this title company, what are they going to say? It's like, you know, hey, man, what's the big deal? We closed fucking 10 yeah. loans here last month, 20. What do you, you know, and they're like, all right, all right. They give me, give it to me. So they give me the package and I'd have Lee Black sign the documents. I'd go sit in the parking lot and sign the fucking documents. And then I, they'd say, make sure you get a copy of the driver's license. No problem. I get, I'd have a copy of the driver's license. I'd put it down. I'd go back in and I'd hand it to him. They'd go, thanks, Matt. And then they'd notarize their signature. The guy was never there. They'd hand me all the checks and I'd leave. So I've got all the checks. They've got a closing package. The lender has a closing package. I make three or four payments, five, six payments. And then I let the, let the place go into foreclosure. So what, what ended up happening one time? I, so I never went to a close. I only ended up going to one closing at SunTrust. I, I borrowed $250,000, and I went in as James Red, But I think it was James Red. Anyway, one time we were doing closings, and someone, somehow or another, the title agent figured out. She figured out that something wasn't right. Like somebody told her. I'm almost positive someone did tell her. Somebody told her, look, these loans that you're closing, these people don't exist. Because suddenly she called the mortgage broker and she said, listen, this guy James Red, the next closing he has, he has to show up. Well, when I made these fake driver's licenses, I would, I would, I need a photo. So I would go online to Hillsborough County's arrest records and I would just get a photo. <clears throat> Well, for James Red, I was using the photo of a guy named Eric Tamargo, a guy that used to trim uh, lots for us. Like he'd trim the trees and clean the yards and everything and haul away garbage. Or if, if I bought a piece of shit house for 40 grand, he'd clean up the yard and mm. take the stuff away. So um, I, I, I had gone online one day and I found his picture. I was like, fuck. So I used his picture for James Red, put it in there, not thinking anything, you know, just more of a joke. Yeah. Because a lot of the guys were people I, I knew because I thought, you know, <clears throat> maybe if I need the guy, I need to know the guy. I don't know. Just felt like you get in a pickle. You can yeah, I could at least go to him and maybe try and get him to act as a person or something. I wasn't sure. So anyway, what happens is this chick, Mary, at the title company calls up and tell, says, look, James Red has to show up at the next closing. She knows something's wrong. So fine. So the broker calls me and tells me that. And I'm like, um, okay, well, he's got to show up then. And she goes, well, how's he going to show up? He's a mug shot on the Hillsborough County website. And I was like, well, I'm going to fucking go. I'm going to I got to track the guy down. I'm going to get I'll get him to show up. And she goes, fuck. So I call up Eric and Eric comes in. I say, hey, Eric, what's up? And he sits down. He goes, hey, man, what's going on? I said, look, I need to tell you something. You know, all these houses that we've been flipping, 
we've been buying and you think, yeah, 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 no. I said, okay, let me tell you what we're doing, what's really happening. And I explained it to him. We're buying the houses for 40. We're recording them at 200. We're borrowing 160. We're fucking walking away with a chunk of cash. We're reinvesting the money. That's what we're doing. Fake people. He's like, fuck. He goes, that's fucking, man, that's fucking, that's something else, bro. That's, that's amazing. He wasn't pissed? That you were using pissed. his identity? He didn't know yet. Oh. I was using his picture, not his, his identity. picture, right. Um, so he sat there. He's like, man. He, I, he goes, so why are you telling me, bro? I said, well, because this woman found out something's wrong, and she's saying that this guy, James Red, has to show up. He goes, fuck, bro. He goes, who are you going to get to show up? I go, well, I was thinking you. And he goes, oh, fuck, bro. He goes, that's a, that's a big favor. That's a big favor. And I go, I mean, it is a big favor. Eric, I said, he goes, uh, Man, I don't know. And I said, and he goes, well, wait a minute. I can't show up anyway, bro. He goes, you're using, you said you're using some scumbag's fucking picture off the, uh, off the fucking Hillsborough County website. And I went, that is true. I said, the problem is, Eric, I said, I've been using your picture from when you beat up your wife a couple of years ago. Remember? You finally slapped her around a little bit. And I said, I, you got arrested. I said, I, I use your, he goes, motherfucker. He jumps up and he's ready to fucking swing. This dude would beat the brakes off me, by the way. <laughs> He's not a fucking guy to fuck with. He's like a street tough guy. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, hey, Eric, listen, 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 listen. The only reason I use your picture, the only reason I use your picture is because I knew if it came to this, you were the only person I knew that would have the balls to pull this off. I mean, I fucking said it with a straight Silver face, Silver tongue. Oh, yeah. He looked at me. He goes, yeah, that's true, bro. That's true. I, mean, I was like, and he goes, well, I ain't doing Jesus it for free. Because I'm not doing it for free. I said, no, no, of course not, bro. I mean, I obviously, I'll pay you. So, well, what do you want? And he goes, and I remember thinking, if he asks for like more than like 10, 15 grand, I'll fucking change title companies and I'll go in myself. Like, I didn't want to go in myself. I'm already on federal probation. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I'll, I'll just go in my fucking self. I'll have right. to redo the ID. I'll do this. I'll, and he sat there and I go, so what do you want, man? What do you want? I'm thinking, if he asks for more than 10 or 15, I'm, I'm and he goes, I want $500. And I went, <laughs> say no more. $500. Jesus, God almighty. Eric, are you serious? 500 bucks, it's five minutes. It's going to be five. So I argue with him like it's a big deal. He's like, no, man, I ain't doing it for us. I was like, all right, all right, all right, bro. All right, but I'm not giving you the money until you sign. No, of course, I'll sign first. Sure, no problem. I know you're good for it. Great. We go in. We go into the fucking title company. I, oh, I, I make him a fake ID. He walks in. Mary comes out. And walks in the day of the closing. She walks out and sees me sitting there. She goes, Mr. Cox, why are you here? I said, I'm not doing the closing unless James Red shows up. So Eric stands up and goes, I'm James Red. And she goes, hold on one second. She goes, gets the file, comes back, pulls out the fucking picture that I've been using of the driver's license, holds it up and goes, you could see it in her face like, fuck. Like, what? I don't know what's going on now. Now... She thought she knew. Now she, now she no don't idea. know. Now she's like, fuck, so-and-so said this, and it didn't make sense. And it, this fucking guy, it's... She's I'm sorry, Mr. Red. Uh, come on in. So he, she says, do you have your driver's license? Yeah, I, I don't have my ID. I have my driver's license. Because I didn't want to make... I couldn't right. get the same picture. So I, I matched it up, and she's like, fuck. He closes. When we get to closing, he sees like 10,000 goes to Dave Walker. 15,000 goes to this guy. 3,000 goes here, 7,000. She sees all these checks. He's starting to put it together. This is a lot of money. 
this is a hundred thousand dollars is being shifted around. Mm-hmm. I'm getting 500 bucks. So we get out and I count, I count, give him his 500 bucks. And he goes, yo bro. He's like, that was a lot of fucking money. Then it's a lot of money. He said, I mean, I'm doing it for 500. I said, bro, I said, a lot of that money goes back in the house, Eric. And he go, and he's like, well, it's a big deal, man. So he leaves like a week later. I call him back. I need you to do another one. He's like, fuck. He's all right, bro. He's like, I'll tell you right now. I ain't doing it for no 500 bucks. I saw all them checks. I know you guys are making fucking bank. I went, okay, bro, bro, what is it? What do you want? He goes, it's a big favor. You're getting a lot of trouble. I said, I know you could, bro. I know you could. What do you want? He goes, I want $1,000. I said, are you serious, Eric? A thousand? Jesus, man, that's twice what you charge. Man, I get a lot of trouble. I said, all right, bro. All right, but you got to sign first. No, no, I'll sign first. We go in again. Boom, he signs. Mary was so fucking bamboozled. The next time that I actually call up and schedule a closing, I say, hey, Mary, can I pick up the fucking thing this time? Or you still got to see this guy. No, no, it's okay. And she lets me take the package. Jesus. Starts all over again. So that's how, like, that's the only time I had to have somebody show up. Then I ended up showing up, like, one of the last loans, like, closes close for 250 I just showed up myself because it was everything was just so streamlined. It was working mm-hmm. so well. Right. Well, it seemed it was working so well yeah. until the Allison thing happened, and then it all just kind of fucking, I didn't know it was all unraveling. Right, let's, keep, let's keep rolling it. Real estate transactions. There were several that, uh, uh, that nothing was authentic on the deed. He created a, uh, a phony buyer and a phony seller. When you've got that going, you can pretty much do anything you want to with the price uh, and the mortgage. In 2003, money is loose, and so are lending standards. Cox applies for loans online, and he uses his artistic talent to forge any document he needs to support the loan. He fakes driver's licenses, W-2s, checking accounts, And Cox even brags about stealing the identities of homeless people. I ordered his social security card. I ordered everything. Went and sat in DMV for three hours, and they gave me a driver's license as Gary Sullivan. It was easy. This is one of Cox's fake documents. It purports to be a satisfaction of mortgage statement, a document that says Cox owns a property free and clear. It's signed by two witnesses, Lee Cook and Jimmy Balls. Jimmy Balls? Their characters dreamed up by Cox. The two uh, witnesses, Balls and Cook, uh, I think uh, Cox's I mean, just, uh, shorthand on this just, would be, you know. Arrogance. Yeah. I guess it's arrogance. It's just stupidity. I just. You know, just, I'm really cooking the books with this deal, and it really takes Balls to do it. Cox files the document at the Hillsborough County Courthouse. To most banks, it looks legit. And Cox can take out mortgages on a property that he doesn't even own. The person that's living in the property is still making the payments, so it's not drawing any kind of red flag or anything. So that's what he would do. And you just get someone that's working at the courthouse, doesn't, you know, they're not paying attention. And you have the satisfaction sent back to you, and it shows that you own it. By the end of 2003, Cox has done 90 fraudulent real estate deals, 90. totaling almost $4 million. By the end of 2003, you had done 
that much? The in number was, see, the number is always shifting. They said it's like 100 and, 109 transactions is what they, the FBI mm. said that I did. And they said I borrowed $11.5 million. Now he's saying, what do you say, $4 million? Mm-hmm. Huh. But at the St. Petersburg Times, <laughs> Jeff Testerman is about to go to print with a major well, expose of Cox's scheme. Cox catches wind that he's about to be front page news. And Matt knew that if this came out, it was all going to come down on him. I remember thinking if I ever got in trouble and had to run, I would do that. I would take a bunch of money and run. Matt says, I got to get out of here. I got to leave. You know, you want to come. Rebecca Hawk has known Matt Cox for just six weeks. Incredibly, she puts her 13-year-old son Bryce on a plane to her mom's house says goodbye to him and hello to life as a fugitive. It was, it was so hard. And I was crying hysterically. And Bryce is like, Mom, you'll see me in two weeks. And Matt's standing there, and I'm crying. I'm not I'm standing thinking, there. I'm okay, not there at all. Got, when Bryce got on the plane, Matt's like, you'll see him. It'll be okay. You're going to be able to see him as much as you want. Never fucking you said that. You scoundrel. Stop. I never said that. How Complete dare you? fucking bullshit. Complete bullshit. Listen, listen, this chick, this fucking chick, man. Listen, when she gets arrested, you know what she said about me? When they first arrested her and immediately interviewed her? But, you know, remember I told you she sucking says she's not Rebecca Halk. She goes, my name is Re- Rebecca Hickey. You have the wrong name, you have the wrong, or you have the wrong person. You guys are going to, they end up putting her hand on the thing. And like she, for like 45 minutes or an hour, she like denies it till they finally put her hand down on the scanner. And then she's like, all right, it's me. So her first interview with me or about me was Cox is meek. He's charismatic. He's um, he's shy. He's not or he's not the kind of person to, that he's not aggressive. He's I mean she basically paints me as a guy that's just not going to is not a an aggressive type person mm-hmm. or a person that's that's um, whatever mean spirited whatever you want to say yeah. Then she gets this lawyer with the Johnny Cochran law firm. Oh, shit, really? And it becomes, he's abusive, he's manipulative, he um, forced me to leave my son, he forced me to get a boob job, he forced me to... Are you out of your fucking mind? I knew you a month. You sh- we had a date on like a fucking Thursday night or a Friday night. I'm throwing my shit. This is when I find out that the police are... Co- that, they F- that I'm going to be arrested by the FBI within the next few days. I'm throwing my stuff into duffel bags. She's been calling me all, all, all day about our date. I'm not answering. She walks in my apartment or my, my, um, my house as I'm throwing shit in. I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, you're not returning calls. What are you doing? And I was like, fuck, we got a date. I was like, listen, uh, bad news. FBI's coming to arrest me. I'm out of here. And she says, wait, what are you doing? You can't leave. I love you. I want to come with you. We have this whole argument about her son. I'm like, what are you talking about? You got a fucking kid. You, you can't fucking, I'm leaving. I'm going on the run. Right. You can't come with me. And she's like, no, you don't understand. He's going back. He was going back to live with his father. He basically lived with his father most of his life. She brought him with, from, from uh, Vegas, brought him with her. She brought him with her. Yeah, from Vegas. He'd been picked up twice for like being out after, like snuck out of her house after curfew. He got caught smoking pot. He was failing all of his grades. She's like, I can't handle him. He's too much. 
He's, I'm sending him back to live with his father anyway. She's like, you don't, so she's like, look, I, he's going anyway back with his father. And I said, look, you don't understand. I said, you're not going to see this fucking kid again. I said, even if you see him, it'll be for a couple hours and it'll be random if you see him at all. And she's like, I don't care. I want the money. If I can see him every once in a while, that's fine. At least I can give him some money. At least, you know, I, I, you know, so she's just fucking begging to come with me. She follows me around for two or three days, won't leave me alone. And looking back on it, the truth is I could have just fucking left her, you know, but she was like really worried about it, really on me. And the, tr- the truth of the matter, it was a major mistake to let her come with me. But at the moment, I was terrified and I was leaving everybody I knew and everything I knew behind. And that, that's a huge fucking step. To, to make for sure and so you know and so i finally just towards like the last day i said okay look you can come with me you know and looking back on it, it's like you should i should have done this i should have you know you could always 2020 signs like you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's um it was just a major mistake bringing her with me major fucking mistake and you know and and i really should have just left her and 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 for more than the reasons that she ended up just being this bipolar maniac other than just that it was also because of her son i should have made the decision for her i should have but the truth is i'm going off on the run i'm terrified but i didn't have to be alone and that's a big thing about going off you're leaving everybody behind and everything you know behind Mm. and you're alone yeah so it's like it would be easier with her there and so i said all right you can come but I certainly didn't convince her to come or try and get her to come or ask her to come or ask her to leave her kids because then it turned into he's abusive, he's manipulative, he made me get a boob job. I mean, are you out of your fucking mind? I'm not even a boob guy. (laughs) Sure, boobs were fine. It's just, just, you know, and then then they focus in on the whole single mother, single mother. They don't mention Jana. Jana wasn't single. I mean, she she didn't have any kids. You know, I dated tons of women that didn't have kid, didn't have any kids. They always see. You gotta practically cut this out because I get so fucking angry about the whole fucking thing. It's just irritating. Damn Johnny Cochran Law Firm. I I mean, you know what's so funny is that normally I'm very poised about the whole thing. Like, you know, it was my fault that I'm apologetic and I do the whole thing. But this, 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 it's like being just blatantly lied about. It just infuriates me, and I just and it it's just you know. You know, and what's so funny is that, you know, I've talked to her since I've been out, right? You know, and, you know, and she's like so like How did normal. that conversation go? It actually, she ended up meeting some guy in the halfway house. They got married. She's got another kid. She's very nice. She's mm. a nice person. Like now, and even she says, I'm like, you are a fucking maniac. And she, she's like, I was going through something, okay? She's like, it was, it was a bad time for me. She's like, I'm much better now. <laughs> I'm like, I said, I just had, I even told her, look. And I was, we were talking about the, she told me her, did I tell you this? She told me her lawyer showed up drunk for her, at her sentencing. Oh, really? Yeah. She goes, she said, you know, and Gail McKenzie and, and she's talking, you know, the U.S. attorney, she fucking said this and this, and everybody was pushing me to say this and say that and match. She goes, you understand? I was trying to get my sentence reduced. I said, no, I understand. I said, but you know, the problem is now I have to live with it. I said, so she goes, well, I'm sorry. I wish I could do something. If I could do something, I would. I go, you could, you could go on the podcast with me. I said, you could go on a podcast with me and say what really happened. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. She goes, I can't do that. Why? I, she said, because I've been telling my mother and my, my, my husband the story, she said, for the last 12 years. 
or or, uh, 10 years. She goes, no, I I can't change now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully he doesn't see this podcast. So, and I told her, listen, I I haven't asked her once, bro. I've asked her like five fucking times. I'm like, I'm telling you, then tell your husband, go to your husband. You have a good relationship. She says, oh my God, he's the best. He's amazing. He's a great guy. He's great. He's great. He's a great guy. Then he'll understand the situation you were in and you you just ran with it because you didn't want to own up to the fact that you made some bad fucking decisions. Mm. So, Say, look, the guy's out now, and I want to clear the ear, and I'll feel so much better about myself. I'll feel better about the situation. I want to do the right thing. She goes, no, 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 no. Mm, she ain't coming. She goes, I'm not going to do that. Mm. She said, look, I, I I, can't do that. I said, okay. I said, well, I, I said, you understand? I said, at some point, if somebody asks me, I'm going to fucking say it. She goes, no, I understand. But he'll, he's never going to meet you. <laughs> She's like, so she said, I understand. So we'll see what she says if I ever talk to her again. Wow. Okay. A few days later, on December 14th, 2003, Testament series, Dubious Deals, hits the newsstands. The reporter details a fraud worth more than $4 million. But Matt Cox is gone. He was never seen in Tampa again, uh, ever. The trail went cold for me for a while. Where Cox was, I, I didn't know. The people who know him best assume he's fled the country. They think he's gotten on the cruise ship and he's headed to uh, some island uh, south. Cox's ex-girlfriend, Allison Arnold, is among those asking questions. I always wondered, you know, what happened to them? Where are they? Allison has not been caught for her role. Where did they get those photos of you? Those photos of you wearing, like, the Superman shirt and sitting on the computer? I'm assuming they're, well, I know the one chick next to me. Was was that on your MySpace or something? MySpace? Was that not around in 03? I don't even think that MySpace was around. I mean, I was it? When was MySpace around? I don't know. I know this chick I met when named... When was MySpace started? That's... 2003. 2003? Yeah, launched okay. in 2003. Well, I wasn't on it. Oh, okay. Um, no, uh, I would say that's probably Allison Arnold and probably Jana. Because <laughs> the one chick in the picture where I have a Superman thing and she has one, that's Jana. Oh, okay. One of Cox's scams... Six months earlier, she poses as Rosita Perez and takes out fraudulent home loans. Though the police have not yet come knocking on her door, Allison is worried. She knows the heat's on. I was a nervous wreck. I got a job as a waitress because I couldn't work for any bank. My hands would shake. My conscience was so heavy. Allison decides to call the FBI. So I spilled my guts out, said everything. Allison tells the feds everything she knows to help them catch Cox. Allison thinks her cooperation will buy her immunity from prosecution. How wrong. Eventually, she's sentenced to two years in prison for bank fraud. You want to hear this? Fuck. Want to hear this? Yeah. You're going to love this. (laughs) So there's like 14 or 15 people on on the indictment, right? So they've all been indicted. Mm Mm-hmm. But the FBI doesn't do anything. They're waiting to catch me. I've talked to a bunch of people. Everybody's going in and saying, Matt did this, Matt did that. Some people are going and saying, no, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this. So They're saying, no, I didn't do that, so-and-so. So everybody's pointing, but they, yeah. they've got, they understand everybody who's involved. Because mm-hmm. by the time they talk to me, they're, they've walked in with a stack of fucking 302. Boom, they're like, I mean, you're done. Mm-hmm. So, which I know I'm done anyway. So the point is, is that they haven't, they haven't investigated. They haven't arrested anybody. You've known about this for six months or so. You haven't done anything. 
why aren't you arresting? They're waiting to catch me because they figure we'll catch Cox. We'll catch the, the top dog. He'll just explain everything that happened. We'll crack everybody in the head and it'll be fine. Right. They don't expect that I'm going to be missing so long. Allison is riddled with guilt. Mm-hmm. And she, well, fear. Right. She's like, fuck, they're going to come arrest me someday. Right. So she goes into the FBI and says, I just want to tell you what happened. Get charged, be sentenced, and be done with it. I'll cooperate against everybody. She had, Initially, when she talked to him, she, th- she is thinking, I won't go to jail. I'll do probation at the most. Yeah. And I'll cooperate. So she goes in. She cooperates. She agrees to plead guilty. Turns herself in. Just Turns walks herself, right in. Nobody else does. Jeez. Guess who the only person that ends up like on that indictment that ends up going to prison is the only person that owns up to everything they did cooperates against everyone straight to fucking prison. You don't get shit. Fuck you. You go to prison. That's what they fucking did. Everybody else on the indictment, no, half them people are still working in banking. Wow. Now, and that, I mean, I don't want to say hilarious, but fucked up. That's fucked up because you know, the least, the, the, the least culpable person in my entire indictment is Allison Arnold. Really? She walked into one bank, two closings, didn't make a fucking, I think maybe I gave her, felt I gave her like 10 grand for doing it. Like, hey, look, you know, we really didn't really make any money, but here's like 10 grand or something. Mm-hmm. And I'd been giving her money and she's closing loans. She's doing okay. But we didn't make any money. So where's their money to give you? There's nothing to give you. What about the blonde girl? How much time did she get? Oh, um, Becky, Becky, yeah, Becky yeah. wasn't a part of this conspiracy. She's a part of the next conspiracy when I take off on the run. Oh, so she's not even on my indictment. Oh shit! Okay, right. The only other person that goes to jail is um, is uh, Eric Tamargo, but mm. he goes to jail not because of the indictment. He goes to jail because he's already on federal probation and he fails a fucking piss test. And because he's on this other indictment, they go ahead and they violate his probation and give him like thirty months or something. He goes to Coleman. He does the drug program. So, I mean, she's the only one on the indictment that goes to prison for the indictment. He goes to one on a violation. She, because she felt bad. Guilty conscience. Yeah, guilty conscience. I mean, and, you know, and just the nicest person. You know, so. Fuck. Hefty sentence for somebody who had no previous criminal records. Really, I had no knowledge of everything that I was totally doing. But I followed along and did something, yes. And I know it was illegal, yes. You know, everybody knows that right and wrong inside. But I just, I didn't think the consequences would be like this. While Allison faces prison, Matt Cox and Rebecca Hawk head to Atlanta. By this point, I was definitely getting cocky. When American Greed returns, Matt Cox lives out a real-life game of... Catch me if you can. That's true. That's true. What? This is great. This is even on. This isn't even on YouTube. I don't think this thing. Oh no! Oh no! No. Yeah. This is gonna be. No, there's not. That's guys are in the comments are fucking screaming. You know, where's the time to find? Somebody <laughs> needs to get it and post it. And... Matt Cox and his girlfriend Rebecca Hawk are on the run. Cox has swindled more than $4 million from banks in Tampa in a mortgage fraud scam. And he's hungry for more. Hungry. So 
we went straight to Atlanta. There's the mortgage fraud capital of the world. Atlanta is one of the hardest hit cities by mortgage fraud. I don't know that the trolley's for maybe it's about true. to get worse. I fell for some hope so hard and so fast. He just made you think that it was no big deal, that you know what he was doing was fine. And then he would say, if it ever comes to it, just blame me. You don't you won't you won't get in trouble. I'll take the blame for everything. Cox and Hawk go looking for a house to rent with a plan to take over the homeowner's identity. I remember this. He story. used to tell me that yeah. people believed women more than they believed men. Hawk, using the name Grace Hudson, poses as a single woman looking to rent this house in really? Alpharetta. Yeah. So how did you go about making that? The 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 older ID, really the new ID. Is that all with like? That's fucking laminate, bro. That's just laminate. The piece you got of an exacto knife and a, a printer or a printer? copy machine. Yeah, yeah. My laptop. I did just, you have Photoshop back then? They had photo. We had we we've had this conversation. They had Photoshop. They've had Photoshop, but I just used Word and I just lined up everything was identical. I lined up all the fonts, all the spacings, everything exactly the way it would be when you print it okay. out on license on so, Word. On Word. Then mm. I just print it out on a piece of laminate in reverse. Okay. So that then when you have the actual driver, the actual piece of plastic, I would just take two twenty grit sandpaper and lightly sand off the actual inform the text like your real name. So I have the holograms. I have the Florida ID where it says Florida, Florida, Florida. That whole thing. I have your picture. I have everything. The state of uh, the uh, the state of uh, uh, the Sunshine State and all that. Everything in green is lodged into the, that's, the actual plastic. Right. That's what you left on there. You didn't sand that off. No. And everything I, in black, you sanded it off. Just, the, just yeah, just the information. Right. Like I, well, I would leave the other stuff, like your issue date, expiration, height, all that shit. Signature. No, signature I would have to – you'd have to sign you like hers that. is Grace Hudson. Okay. Right. So I would then print the laminate, overlay it, glue it on with an actual glue stick. Now you got the piece of plastic with the thing. Flip it over. Take an X-Acto knife and X-Acto knife it around. Take some 220-grit sandpaper. Buff off the sides. Hit it a couple of times. Beat it up a little bit. Like any license you've got in your pocket for six months, it's beat up a little bit. And then now you can go in and say, boom. Boom, million bucks. Here's, here's my name. And they look at it and they make a copy and they – you know, even if they ran the na- the number would work. Like you could go through check systems, open bank account. I've had dozens and dozens, or does I've had a shitload of fucking banks opened using a fake driver's license. Guy's name's wrong, it, it's completely fabricated. How many of these did you create in your entire career? You think maybe like that? Yeah, twenty or thirty. 20 or 30. I because mean, then I eventually figured out how to just get the DMV to issue me the goddamn license. Right. I'm just going to get you to just, just make it because then I can go – I can get pulled over by the cops and hand him the real license. He they can, can run it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Why would, I, why would I keep making them? Way when, easier. Yeah. Poses as a single woman looking to rent this house in Alpharetta, a suburb of Atlanta. She meets with the owner, Michael Shanahan. He and I talked for a while, and he was, you know, he was very nice. And, it, and that was a hard – because he was the only person that I really met face-to-face. Grace Hudson, Rebecca's alias, rents the home, and Matt Cox takes over the landlord's identity. What I did was I I used a a child's social security number, and I went and got some credit cards in his name, went and opened some bank. By the way, which child was it? It was a child of a family renting it before you, or what? Child? 
No, no. You said you used a child social security number. Yeah, I may I went to social security. Right. And I got them to issue a social security number to a child that was ten months old. Oh, got it. So it was okay. a it's a child. It's a fake child. It's not a real child. Right. And I would then I would mirror it. So I'd pull get credit cards in the name of that with that Soch in the name Michael Shanahan. I've got your driver's license. Mm-hmm. The driver's license that uh, the the date of birth and everything matches er, the everything matches. Right. And I've got these these uh, credit cards and everything issued to you. I open up a bank account in your name. I open up everything in your name. Now I'm, it's a completely synthetic identity it, mm-hmm. because the only thing that's the same is the name. Mm-hmm. Everything else was different on him. Date of birth, address. Because I wasn't using that address. I used another address. Because when we borrowed money on that house, we didn't borrow it as a owner-occupied property. We borrowed it as a rental property because then they'll issue the check right away. And hard money guys don't typically lend money on owner-occupied properties. They prefer to lend money on investment properties. Why is that? I have no idea. It has something to do with the lending and the ability to foreclose on it. You foreclose on investment if property. If they're living in it, it's harder to foreclose on them. Way yeah. more difficult. Okay. Accounts. Uh, hoping that none of this would hit Michael Shanahan's Now, posing as Michael Shanahan, the owner of this $200,000 house, Cox goes looking for money. Well, I met uh, the fellow calling himself Michael Shanahan at the front door here. Remember this guy? John Holman is not a faceless bank. He lends his own hard-earned money to people who need short-term loans. I was there primarily to see the condition of the house. At the time, it didn't occur to me to wonder about his identity or anything to that effect. Cox, posing as Michael Shanahan, tells Holman he wants to borrow money against the equity in his home. The man seems trustworthy, and the home is good collateral. The story was that he owned a house free and clear and wanted to borrow money against it to start a business. He had just moved back from the UK, wanted to start a business, and needed $110,000 or so. I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Within a couple of weeks, the deal is done. Holman has no idea Cox is also talking to a friend of his. I'm what they call a hard money lender. I lend money mostly to other investors you know that are guy? buying properties to renovate and resell. Cox. Sucker. And the. <laughs> He wants $106,000 to there's start a, bank. a business. There's a, they don't interview the St. bank. St. Martin, Shanahan seems like a sure thing. It was a 50% loan-to-value loan up in Alpharetta, Georgia, in a beautiful neighborhood. Very low risk. LTV. Both lenders do their homework. Holman runs a title check on the house and a background check on Shanahan. At the closing, we got his ID. And he had actually more than... The normal ID. He had a Florida driver's license. He had a um, credit card and a social security card, all in the name uh, Michael Shanahan. So everything checked out, and we made the loan thinking that we had secure interest in the property. A month later, Peter St. Martin realizes Michael Shanahan has missed his first loan payment. Uh oh. It was gone by then. I pulled out like a month later? Like 400,000. Yeah. Within a month? Yeah. Yeah, we can. That's the one where I actually, where in the bank, they go. Uh, when I was pulling, I was trying to cash one of the checks. It was Scott Cugno, and they fucking 
they're running a check and everything. Remember the guy was twenty nine thousand dollar check. I was trying oh, to cash. Oh yeah, and you called him from and they well they called me on my phone. They they're like, hey, we're trying to verify this. Check. I should verify my own check. Um, that was which there is in the book, right? Okay, so um, yeah, and so I end up getting out a, like four around like four hundred thousand dollars. Becky and I get out around four hundred thousand in week within weeks, and we just take off. Like I didn't know, I didn't know these two guys know each other. What the fuck are chances are that? I mean, how am I supposed to know? So anyway, yeah, this is when the Secret Service gets involved. Oh shit! <coughs> but neither man is worried. Each thinks he's the first in line to foreclose if necessary. And I'm happy about it. I'm looking forward to taking back this collateral and selling it very quickly at a very nice profit. Although we don't do these loans with the purpose for getting the house back, it's not necessarily a disaster for us. But Matt Cox will have the last laugh. That's why I remember pretty similar to that when I remember. A short time later, the two friends are at a concert together and they begin to compare notes. You kind of say, well, where is your property? You know, because you do most So John and I were chatting and mentioned that, yeah, we did this loan. You're not going to, you know, this guy, first month to fall, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what rang a familiar bell there, but I asked Peter, what street was the loan on? My, mine was Keenham, and you're like, oh, no. I said, uh-oh. It's the same property. Same address. And I said, what was the guy's name? And he said, Michael Shanahan. And you said, I said, uh-oh. Unbelievable. Well, and the fact that he borrowed money from you and me, and we both yeah. know each other. Small and, world. I sat there during the rest of that concert thinking that I was probably out $110,000 and not real happy about it. John Holman calls the U.S. attorney. Didn't you say the insurance companies pay them back? Yeah. Here he says, <clears throat> the one guy, he says he already got paid back. He's One of the guys, the one guy the gray with the gray guy. hair, he shows up at my sentencing. Really? Pretty sure he's the guy, he's the one that showed up. He shows up at my sentencing and my U.S. attorney is like, you know, Mr. Holmes or whatever his name is. Um, he, uh, he, Mr. Cox stole one hundred and ten thousand dollars from from him, and he, they, he, that was his own money. And he, you know, this is all he does. By the way, this guy's like a multimillionaire. Plus, he's got a credit line. So, I mean, it's not like he works at Seven Eleven. Um, anyway, he, he, you know, stole his money, and he couldn't afford to lose that much money. And you never got any of that money back, did you? And he goes, "This is in front of the judge at my sentencing." He goes, "Um." Uh, Actually, I, I did get the money back. And she goes, what? what? He said, I, I did get the money back. She goes, when? When did you get the money back? I mean, this is the fucking courtroom. There's fucking reporters. Stop judging me. So anyway, there's reporters and the fucking judge, and they're having this conversation. It's like a fucking hundred people in the fucking thing. And he and he's like, well, I did get the money back. And she's like, well, when? And he's like, it was it was uh, shortly after, you know, a month or two later, I, I, I got it back. And she goes, well, well, what about the payments he missed? He goes, no, no, I, I got the payments back too. What do? Well, you must be out something. He's like, no, I, I got, I got everything back. She goes, what about? Well, what about an attorney's fees? Anything? He goes, oh no, no. He goes, I did, I did have to pay some attorney's fees. He goes, that was about fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I did pay some attorney's fees. And she goes, fifteen hundred dollars. She goes, well, that's a lot of money. She goes, you couldn't afford to lose that, could you? And he goes, um, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't lose. That was, it was a lot of money to me. And it's like, it's like, bro, I mean. Oh my doing, bro? God! I mean, not that it's not fucked up what I did. Yeah. Not that it's not that, but you know, it's it, she was they just they're desperate to fucking make you look as bad as they possibly can. Yeah, and he got paid back. Yeah, you know, from the title one insurance. One of the guys. One of the guys. Well, no, the other guy gets paid back too. Okay, he just doesn't get paid back 
during this episode. Mm. He's been paid back. Okay. He's not on my, I don't owe him money. He's not a part of my fucking, um, my restitution because he was paid back. And who paid him back? The title insurance. I said his insurance. The title insurance insurance company Mm. is on my restitution. I owe them the money. Oh, okay. So it's like if you say, oh, you stole half a million dollars or $2 million from Bank of America or $500,000 or $50,000 from Bank of America. It's like, yeah, but Bank of America got paid back. So why are you saying Bank of America? Because who I really owe is lawyer's title. They paid them back. But see, that's too complicated. So it's easier to say, you stole this money from me. You, I never got paid. You owe Bank of America. You owe John so-and-so. Well, mm-hmm. actually, I don't owe him anything. Right. So, but go ahead. Sorry. Attorney's office in Atlanta. And the case is routed to the U.S. Secret Service. The Secret Service isn't just in the West Wing of the White House. More and more... They're taking on white-collar crime. We, we protect the president and former presidents, but we also deal with any kind of financial crime, anything that affects the um, financial infrastructure of the United States. Special Agent Andrea Peacock doesn't know who Michael Shanahan and Grace Hudson really are. It was John and Jane Doe. And when we obtained our initial warrants... John and Jane um, for Doe? The two, they they were in the name of John and Jane Doe. The Secret Service creates a wanted poster eventually tracks down a former associate of Cox's in Tampa. He did, in fact, know who he was and Scott told Tobin. us his name was Matthew Bevan Cox. He's real guy. Agent Peacock learns that Matt Cox has taken out three loans on Shanahan's property for a total take of more than $300,000. Peter St. Martin is out of luck. His title insurance will not cover the loss. A $106,000 loss overnight to a small business, that could have easily put me out of business at that time. It hurts. It hurts badly that I don't have access to that money. Agent Peacock talks to the real Michael Shanahan, who realizes he's a victim of identity theft. Credit cards and checking accounts have been taken out in his name. And then there's the statue that Cox left behind at Shanahan's house. Oh, yeah. Pours salt in his wounds. You dirtbag. Listen, man. I may, listen, let me tell you about the statue. That is... That Look, is... Listen, fraud's not a full-time thing, okay? It's... If we fucking... A lot of downtime. We're doing rock climbing. We're fucking... We're going hiking. We're jogging. We're running. We're just fucking... We're doing anything to... to so I make this paper mache statue. Of a man... Screaming in agony. Screaming in agony. Fucking nothing to do with like this. Like he's on fire or something. But, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm it's just not, it's not pointing that, it out. I'm just saying. It's a, it's a statue. Anyway, so what happens is when I when I, we go to leave and we're packing up our stuff, I can't fit the statue in the fucking car or in the, 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 the van that we've got. So I have to leave the – we even we took out the Talking back – the, the I'm sorry. We take out the back thing, like the back seat. Yeah. We just can't pack everything in. So Becky's like, we're going to have to leave it. You had like a big like Astro van or something? Or like a, no. Like a minivan? Hell, hell no. It's like a, like a minivan. It oh, was okay. like, a, like a Honda Element or something. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> I have to leave it. So I leave it and I, we leave the back, um, the ba- the, the back seat in the garage. Mm-hmm. When, I, when this guy shows up at my sentencing, he says that, one, we trashed the house. I'm not sure how we trashed the house. We had the carpets cleaned. It was in as good a shape as it was when we left. I mean, when we moved in. I only had a bedroom set. We didn't buy furniture. We had nothing. We had a, a fucking bedroom set. 
and, and it's just the two of us. We've been there a month or so. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, we've been, we've been there a few months. So this thing I leave in the garage. He says I left it in the living room. And then when he walked in the house, it was in the living room, and the whole tr- house was trashed. Trashed with what? We don't have anything. It wasn't trashed, and it was in the garage. Not that I'm saying what I did was right. What I'm saying is it's always like, it's like, I always picture him like hiking it in and sitting it down and staging the whole thing to, you know, and like trashing that. It wasn't trash, but anyway, yeah, but the the statue, so it's, he turns it into, it was, he was taunting me. He was Mm. taunting you, bro. You think I, I worked fucking hours and hours. You think I didn't, right. You think I didn't want to bring my statue? (laughs) <laughs> I actually would love to redo that statue. You should. I never and fucking... auction it off. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, let's go. He told me that he felt like he was leaving it behind on purpose because that was the way he felt when he saw that statue and realized what Cox had done to him. He felt like he was mocking him. That's that's the evil I do owe him money. He'd want to leave. He pay, he had to pay an attorney. He ended up having to pay an attorney like $4,000. Um, and the attorney contacted all the title insurance companies and had them pay off all the, you know, those loans got paid off and everything. So, and those guys, those guys. So instead of just him calling and talking to the two guys that they just interviewed, mm-hmm. like, hey, look, what happened? Okay, my name's, I'm not really Michael, I'm Michael, the real Michael Shanahan. Here's what happened. Instead of doing that, he hired an attorney that did all that for him. Mm-hmm. And that was about four grand. Oh, okay. And I owe him that. Um, documents just as a trail to see this is what I've done. He's just like, try and catch me, you can't. Flush with cash, Cox and Hawk go on a spending spree. I went from having absolutely no money to having money. And even now, I think, God, I wasted a lot of money on on nonsense. That chick has spent some fun. Hawk is obsessed with clothes and jewelry. Matt Cox is all about fast cars and breast implants. I didn't, I didn't need them. I mean, I was fine. Everything was fine. Like I said, no complaints whatsoever from anybody else. But he was always wanted this kind of trophy person. And of course, me, I'm like, yes, if this is going to make you happy, let me, you know, let me do this. What? Are you serious? First of all, she already had fucking boobs. I don't understand what the, it's, it's, she got a boob job that she got a boob job. And, and she, look, you know what happened? Motherfucker! <laughs> Listen, we we ended up stealing a bunch of money. She, you know what? No, this is when she got it. That's true. We we got a bunch of money, and so I was going to have four hundred and change, right? Yeah, it was it was it was, it was almost four hundred thousand. Okay, roughly. They said three hundred thousand. It was like four hundred. Yeah. Um, I said, look, I'm going to get this done. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get fucking rhinoplasty. I'm going to get my fucking nose done. You get a fucking facelift. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a bunch of shit done. Just cause it ain't good, bro. My fucking pictures everywhere. We're in. The, we're, they got all kinds of shit happening. You're turning on. The, now we're going on the internet. And this fucking my pictures everywhere now. Not that you're gonna find me because you don't. You don't know my name. But it's bad. So I was like, I'm gonna fucking change this and this and then she's. She goes. She's like, I want. I want a fucking boob job. I'm like. Fuck yeah, if you want a boob job, get a boob job. I don't give a shit. I don't even want to be around this fucking broad. She's driving me nuts. So she's, she's bipolar. She wouldn't take the medication. She gets on the medication a couple of times. She gets the cops called on me multiple times because she's screaming at 2 o'clock in the morning. She's a fucking lunatic. So 
she said she she would take the medication for like a month and it would start to work and then she would get off it because she said I felt like well I would I'm I'm okay now mm-hmm. you're okay now because you're taking the medication but she didn't like the way it made her feel and uh, it was the only thing keeping her sane. Got it. So so this is the point where you go and spend a shitload of money getting your face all re- remodeled with right. So surgery, I get the, new the hair. hair thing yeah. done. So that's why I don't have that receding hairline and yeah. the nose job because my nose was round, real round, and um, should got fucking some 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 leg implants or something. Some uh, fucking you, you said know, try to. Do I that, looked. Right? I looked into it, but the, but she would have had to have watched me for like three months. I can't have oh, her watching yeah, me. You would have been immobilized. Fuck. Are you serious? Did, you saw misery. Right? I mean, no, I can't have her watching me. She fucking come in with a baseball bat or something and beat my ass. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you don't know. She look. You look at her right now thinking, oh, she looks, she's cute. She's sweet. Looks, fucking lunatic. Um, So, yeah, did not ask her to get a boob job. But to be honest, they did do excellent work. Okay. It, it was it was, it was a Swan Institute. In, yeah? And in, in, it's called the Swan Institute uh-huh. in, uh, in, uh, in Atlanta. And they did, they did excellent work. Good. I'm just saying, in general, nice and yeah. firm. Yeah, they were nice. You know, they were, you know, even. <laughs> and so I ended up going to the doctor and getting that done. Matt Cox treats his girlfriend's body as a canvas he can paint or twist to fit his fantasies. Fucker. He does the same with his fuck. own appearance. When we left, um, he got obsessed with the way he looked and how his physique was and stuff like that. I mean, he went, he hardly ever ate. He had a nose job done, lipo done under here. He had it done on his side. So he had, yeah, he had a lot of surgeries. <laughs> All of it, of course, is paid with money stolen from his victims. I don't victims. know what would motivate someone to do that. Greed is the first thing that you think of. Uh, but there was more than greed. I think there was a big dose of ego involved in this crime for this particular individual. It was the rush. It was you know, the thrill of the chase. And he thought he could get away with it forever. But at that point, I really did. I thought, they'll never catch me. When American greed returns, Way off see that. how the law catches up with Cox. I'm freaking out. And how Cox escapes. Eating up. What are you going to call this? this what episode? should we call it? I don't know. You got any ideas? Something American greed. You got to do something with American the, greed. The actual, the American greed episode. Yeah. Something. Narrated by yours truly, Matthew B. Cox. <clears throat> Secret Service Special Agent Andrea Peacock is on the tail of Matt Cox and Rebecca Hawk, two of the most wanted financial fugitives. But the Secret Service is never sure where they are or what names they're using. It was impossible to predict what identity he would use next. Cox has as many Jesus. as 50 aliases. Just and they have Marion all Carter of them. Jr., Philip Daniel Morgan, Corbin Blair Thomas, Matthew Bevan Cox, That's not an Gerald Scott Kugner, <sighs> Walter Andrew Holcomb, Richard Paul Grahockey Jr., James Franklin Paik. Did they do the Joseph Carter? Not <laughs> Joseph Carter. Cox and Hawk pull into Columbia, South Carolina, where Bridget Brown and her husband are trying to sell their home. Well, this is a, a flyer that the realtor produced to show our, our home when we were trying to, to sell it. It shows a quintessential suburban 
neighborhood and little house on a pond. Try as they may, the home won't sell. Mm. It was a stressful time because I was traveling weekly to Augusta already with my son for his surgical treatments. Their son Colby is sick, and they need to move closer to care in what Augusta, Georgia. I have no idea. But the old house continues. I didn't to know they had a sick son until the an article came out to try a year later. New. A friend of ours recommended that we offer owner financing. He said that that would make the home competitive and also open it up to people that pre previously could not have afforded a conventional loan. Just one week after the Browns offer owner financing, the phone rings. That night it was Gary Sullivan, or the man we thought was Gary Sullivan, no, that came and viewed the home. No, it wasn't. Matt Cox has a new alias. Who was it? It was there. I, I never talked to her or the husband until the day of we went to closing. What happened was I had hired an attorney. I had hired a a real not hired. I got a realtor. Yeah. We went to a bunch of different properties, and I put and properties that people were willing to own or finance. So I I would walk in the the property. I look around. I say, okay, great. What do they want for it? Hundred and ten thousand. Put a hundred and ten thousand dollars contract on it. And they go, okay, and I want them to owner finance it 10% down. No problem. I leave. Uh, I put a half a dozen contracts out. Okay. One of the, I got two houses. Got a house for 110000 which I borrowed like 90, several, about four or five loans for around $90,000, $95,000 on. Like half a million, like three, four $400,000 on, uh, on one house. Their house was going for two twenty four, two twenty five. So I go in, I walk in, I look at the house, I go, great. How much do they want? Two twenty five. Let's say two two twenty five. Two hundred twenty five thousand. I say, okay, great. Put a contract in. I'll put ten percent down. They go, okay, no problem. But they got to owner finance it, no problem. So they call me back. Realtor calls back. Hey, well, uh, um, how how's this going to work? Well, I talk to the realtor for a little bit. Here, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Put ten percent down. He goes, okay, no problem. He calls back and says they'll do it. It's a little bit longer, dragged out. The phone calls a little bit longer, but whatever. Within a few hours, like that night, like after I see the house, like the, that night or the next night, I got they're ready to sign a contract. Okay. I've never talked to them. Okay. I don't know anything about any sick child. Nobody was there. She says, at one point, she says that, like, she was there when I walked in and Rebecca Halk walked in. But I had a male realtor that walked in with me, and no one was in the home. Nobody was there. So... Maybe she's misremembering it. I don't know. Just like she said, I called her. I didn't call her. You had a realtor. You calling her a liar? I'm saying that's not what happened. I don't know what she's <laughs> saying. I'm saying I talked to my realtor. My realtor talked to their realtor. Their realtor at some point contacted me. I never talked. First of all, if you have a realtor, you don't talk to the buyer. You talk. The realtors are talking. That's what you're paying them for. You're not talking to them. I never talked to her until the day of the closing. Mm. So then we have the day of the closing, and I walk in. This part I do remember. Because she said this a few times. I walk in. We all meet. Hi, how are you? Um, one of the things they they had wanted me to do was to write out all the all uh, like eighteen months worth of checks or something, or like a year's worth of checks, mm -hmm. so they could just deposit them. And I had suggested that, so I write all the checks out: January, February, March, whatever. Here, and she says, and as we're talking, I remember her saying, um, she was joking around about we said something and then when i was talking to her i had invisalign in the braces yeah i said i'm sorry i have, I have these braces in and i like popped them out and she goes oh you got where your teeth messed up i go oh they're a little bit tweaked i was trying to fix them up i said 
you know, I made a crack. I said, listen, when you're five foot six, I said, everything's got to be perfect. I said, the hair, the face, the teeth, the wardrobe, the bank account, everything. She starts laughing. Um, and I remember her, her husband was like, he's like six foot tall. I go, I go, Mr. Do- who was a doctor, Dr. Brown. I go, Dr. Brown wouldn't know anything about that. And she starts, she looks at him and laughing. Uh, so I write the checks and she says something about when, when I, we give out the document, like we give out our uh, driver's license, she says something about, oh yeah, something, something. Yeah. I had my identity stolen one time and I like looked at her like, f- like, what'd you just like, fuck. And I was like, oh, okay, really? And she's like, yeah. And I, I'm sitting there, but I remember thinking just that the idea that she had said it. Yeah. And, and she you. says, at one, in one of these interviews somewhere, maybe not this one, but one of them, she says, he looked at me with this shocked look on his face. Like when I mentioned that my identity had been sold, something like that. Anyway, so I, we, ha- we all signed the documents. I give him the 25, my 10% down, which was like 25 grand. And, uh, and I leave. I make a few payments. I satisfy the loan. I borrow like a million dollars or so on their house. I pull out the money. You know, I get caught in the bank, the whole, you know, the whole thing. Um, a year and a half, year about a year later, Fortune Magazine comes out. And it says that I stalked them because I knew that they had a sick child and they were desperate to sell the house. I didn't know you were desperate. I didn't know you had a sick child. I didn't know you. I was driven around by a realtor. I put a contract out on a contract on the house. I borrowed the money. What I did was wrong. I absolutely went to prison for that. I am sorry for that. I I owe them. She's going to say that I I like stole $200,000 from them or something. No, I didn't. You had a mortgage on the house for $201,000 is what you owed. Sold the house for two twenty five. I put down twenty five thousand. You owner finance two hundred thousand. You had what's called a wraparound mortgage. You, I make payments to them. They make payments to their lender. You didn't have any equity. You were getting money to pay your two. I owe you two hundred thousand in equity that you don't possess because the equity is actually right. held by the by the lender. Right. So I'm paying you. You're paying the lender. You don't have any equity. You already owe you owe two hundred thousand. Now so I owe once you. you bounce like you just. Go back to paying their own mortgage. Right. So, well, they could foreclose. I, I um, they can, Oh, they can still foreclose on you. They can foreclose on me. Okay, take yeah. that. They did foreclose. They foreclosed, took the house back, and resold the house. Oh, shit. Okay. But I do owe them about ten grand because they they hired an attorney mm. to because I, I encumbered their their title. So I absolutely owe them owe them the ten thousand, and they're they're on my on my restitution payment for ten grand. That's what I owe them. Okay. But here she says, "Oh, he took." I think she, I think she says, "I, I mm. stole two hundred thousand from her or something." But you didn't have two thousand two hundred thousand in equity. That's it's just one of those things that's tweaked. Not that what I did wasn't wrong. Yeah. It's just one of those things that they they just a little bit here, yeah. just enough to make you a you know. Like I've said before, it's like me arguing the point is like saying I didn't murder ten people. I only murdered seven. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I'm still a scumbag. I'm not saying nobody's <laughs> saying I'm not a scumbag. I'm just saying I didn't murder 10 people. Right. I murdered seven. Which is why we're doing this. My bad. Gary Sullivan is actually a homeless person Cox met on a trip to Las Vegas. That's true. Mm. Gary Sullivan was, you know, a $20 male prostitute. I uh, hopped <laughs> out and told him I was doing a survey for the Salvation Army, paid 20 bucks. 
could he answer 17? If you want the long version of this story, this go watch shit the, is first, the first podcast yeah. you that to, we did with Matt. You ought to put the, oh, man, fuck. You ought to put the little the little things, like when they're watching, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Ring, yeah, like yeah, watch yeah. it. You should do that throughout the whole thing. Like yeah. watch the whole yeah, well, story. Yeah, if you, obviously, people, if you haven't already watched the first podcast with Matt, that is, is the zinger. That's the one that has like one and a half million views. Yeah. yeah I forget what it's called. And, it was like number 50. No, it's like 40-something. Was it really? Yeah, it's 43 or something. And you know, the thing is, and and look, hey, here's the thing too. And that podcast is maybe 50% of the story. I mean, the the whole story, I write the whole fucking story. So you really know how how I did this, what I did, the the whole thing. Oh, it's number 40. Number 40? Podcast number 40 was the first one we did. That's where you told all of the story about going to Las Vegas. What the fuck? We're on like like 56 Are you still? You're buying. You're buying me dinner. You gotta buy me. What are you talking about? Coronavirus going on Cor- around here. I'm not getting fucking COVID. <gasps> Did you know that they canceled fucking the James Bond movie tomorrow? No, James Bond. The, they the, the can- new they're James- canceling movies. The movie theater. Fuck, it's ridiculous. I, you know how long I've waited to see this fucking movie. Oh my! I love God. James Bond. Everything's fucking canceled, man. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The NBA is canceled. They canceled all the NBA yeah, I'm games. Not broken up about that. I don't watch sports, so yeah. NBA well, that's pretty big time. National, I mean, that's national that's national a basketball. big fucking deal. There's a lot of money in the NBA. Yeah, well, I'm starving, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. Questions. He said no problem. This is a scam Cox does again and again. He would um, take this form that he created that he you know, titled a federal statistical survey, tried to make it look from, you know, official form number in the small print. It has U.S. government printer office. And he'd ask for, you know, full name of birth, you know, the, their mother's maiden name, um, father's name, Social Security, had they ever been arrested, um, any listen, kind of information listen. that could affect when him I was being, using that identity. She, when I was being interviewed by her and the, and the uh, U.S. attorney, they asked me where I got the form. And I went, what do you mean? They go, well, this is a government form. Where would you get it? And I went, did you download it? And I went, no, it's not a government form. They go, it says it's a government form right here. Like, they're like, like angry. Every time I ever said anything that was true that they disagreed with, they get angry. <laughs> What? I, this is, says it right here. I was like, no, that's not. The, I made the form. Yeah. I got the fucking, look, I got the logo here. I got the, and they were always like, they really, I was, you know, I was so shocked. I was just like, but by the time you're done with the interview, you realize you just don't know anything. Yeah. I thought, I really thought I was going to walk in and they had it all laid out and they knew mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. but they really don't. They, they know bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the, the. The form was uh, completely fabricated. Yeah. He gives the con man everything he needs to create a new identity. I ordered his social security card. I ordered everything. With his identity secured as Gary Sullivan, Cox learns about the Browns' home and moves in for the kill. He was very unassuming, very demure, kind of quiet. The con man cracks jokes at his own expense. He talks about the braces he just had put on his teeth. And he said, when you're as short as I am, you don't have much to go with, so everything has to be perfect. The con man is so good, Bridget Brown feels sorry for him. And we knew from what we were told that he had a bad credit history. So I was concerned that, you know, he may be going into that situation again. Yet I wasn't thinking that this was a a criminal mastermind (laughs) that was really playing us. I just thought this is a, a young man who's very insecure and, and trying hard here. 
even now I get upset for the fact that these people have worked all their lives and we come in and just, you know, with the, and they want to believe you. Everybody wants to believe someone. They don't want them to think that, you know, you're going to cheat them out of their, you know, their life savings or whatever. And that's what we did. It's not what happened. The Browns think they've closed the book on their housing crisis. They're wrong. Uh, a lender referred for, referred him to me for closing. Mary Nell Degenhart is a real estate attorney in Columbia, South Carolina. A few days after representing Gary Sullivan at another closing, she talks to an abstractor, someone who researches a property's title. She said, your, um, your mortgage is recorded in first position, but there's four or five right behind you within two days on the same property. I knew then what he had done. He had refinanced with several different attorneys. And there's a lag time at the county, so you would have never seen the mortgage until they hit all at once. It's too late. The mortgage checks you know, are clear. You know how many times how many people in the guys in the uh, comment section let's say like, that's not possible. You can't do that. The banks that... Well, that's a title. That, that's a title person right there. Just told you that. That's very possible. And Matt Cox has taken one point two million dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar house. One point two million. Two houses. That, that house and another house. Their house. I didn't get one point two. I got like four hundred. I got like nine hundred thousand or something like on theirs, and I got like four hundred thousand on another because the total was like one point three million. Right. But it was two different houses. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just one of those things like they decided, they yeah. they must have said, oh, we'll, we'll fucking add it together. We'll stretch that. We'll just add it together. We'll stretch that truth Too complicated. a little bit. Fuck it, let's just yeah. keep it. Which is fine. It's still it's a, more entertaining. That's fine. The banks in town. Immediately, I believe Wachovia was the one that put a, uh, a fraud alert out through the system. Yeah, it was bad, bro. On March 4th, 2005, Gary Sullivan strolls into a Wachovia bank in Columbia, South Carolina to withdraw money. The bank teller sees that a fraud alert has been issued on this name. Within, I thought you had plastic surgery done at this point. No, no, I hadn't done the hair thing, the hair yet. But you had the nose job. No, done. no, oh. no, I hadn't had it done yet. Oh, okay, I thought you did. Minutes, deputy sheriffs arrive and ask Gary Sullivan to come downtown. Yeah, I think I had the nose. Done. I'm freaking out. Okay. So then, oh. then I go and. Uh, the investigator shows up and he's arguing with the guy from Wachovia and we're arguing back and forth. Yeah, I had it done by I that. convinced him Except that for the there's hair. nothing illegal about taking out multiple loans on the same house. Up now. I remember this story from podcast number 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From podcast number 40. Also yeah, in the book. Also in the book. You got to buy the book. Can Matt Cox talk his way out this time? For more information and web exclusives on the crimes of Matt Cox... Go to americangreed.cnbc.com. Ask that. Go to insidetruecrime.com. Yeah, fuck that. Fuckers. <laughs> How much more time? This is out of the open. Jesus. Matt Cox, the financial fugitive, is stopped at a bank in Columbia, South Carolina. He was at the teller, and the cops came in and handcuffed him and said, come with me. And he was like, oh, crap. I'm freaking out. Cox goes downtown to the sheriff's department. They let him drive his car, and that's when he called me. He goes, you made, you, this is bad. He's like, they're here. They picked me up. 
At this point, they don't know he's Matthew Cox. They think he's Gary Sullivan, the homeless person. Cox steals the identity of a street person and takes out one this point. This is where she says, I'm not bailing you out. Fuck you. And you said, well, she say fuck you, but yeah, she's like, I better I'm not get not. arrested. <laughs> like, fuck. Two million dollars worth of loans on a house worth about $200,000. At the bank, Cox is trying to withdraw some of his fraudulent proceeds. So they took him into a room and he talked his way out of it. He told the guy, it's a, I have a second and a third on my home. That's, that's illegal. I convince him that there's nothing illegal about taking out multiple loans on the same house. When the Richland County Sheriff's there's Department nothing, runs a criminal history for Gary Sullivan, they see no warrants for his arrest. The local police at this point usually wouldn't make an immediate arrest unless someone was wanted. And of course, they ran the um, identity that Cox was using, but that person was not wanted. Gary Sullivan was not wanted. The police in Columbia had him dead to rights, but they didn't have the paperwork and they weren't certain who they were dealing with. And he talked his way out of the situation and was gone. In Columbia, Bridget Brown gets a- I need that fucker on a podcast to give his side of the story. Call from the Definitely. Secret Service. She and her husband go back to their home. I've talked to him a few Gary times. Gary Sullivan, of course, is long gone. On the uh, kitchen countertop was a fax machine. On it was uh, just tons of spilling out of mortgage applications for home equity loans. These were just some examples of the infamous loan applications that we found in our house. That's actually uh, a closing Where statement. he had forged our names and but, tomato, said tomato. That, uh, yeah. that he had paid us off and wanted to take the money and run, in essence. The Browns now have seven mortgages on their home. It will take them more than a year to clear the title. Cox and Hawk take their 1.2 million and flee to Houston. But life as Bonnie and Clyde is losing its appeal. We used to fight all the time. We used to scream and yell at each other all the time. It was like hell being with her. <laughs> I mean, after we left, she blamed everything on me. What have I done? Why have I left? Why did I? Look how dramatic these camera yeah, angles are. Can you appreciate this B-roll? They went out of their way to go to a motel room, fuck it we, all up, and then shoot these insane camera and angles. And we, we didn't live in a hotel. You, you were, I was in Houston for less than 24 hours. She had moved there first. She rented a place in, in a post apartment, like fucking way up on like the 20th floor or something. I mean, had an amazing apartment. Penthouse. In, in, not a penthouse, but whatever. Way, it was up there. In, um, in Houston. I went there right after I got caught. We get into this huge fucking argument. She gives me $100,000 out of like $600,000. She gives me like hundred grand. I take the fucking hundred grand. I take off. I go back to Charlotte to pick up my car. Charlotte, North, uh, North Carolina. That's where I almost get grabbed by the fucking U.S. US uh, Marshals. Remember I told you this at the Starbucks? Yeah. But yeah, so I was never even, I was there for, they made it sound like we hung out there. So I didn't hang out there. And on top of that, all this B-roll is bullshit. <laughs> that's not the fuck. That's our hotel room. It sells it, man. It really it's, does sell it, it. It makes good for good TV. It's pretty fucking terrible B-roll, though. But I guess this was put out in fucking Yeah, well, 2000s. they weren't sophisticated like you are. Well, I'm not sophisticated. I guess the style has just changed. Yeah. There's probably better B-roll. So then. why, if she had 600 grand, why would you even accept her only taking 100 grand and giving her a half a million dollars? Oh, man, she fucking, she was, because she had a, one, she was like, if you... 
like she didn't want to give me anything, bro. She wanted to give me like ten grand. So I'm arguing, and she finally said, "Look, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars." I was saying, "Split the money." She's saying ten grand. I can't believe in you. I can't believe you even. Well, first accept, of all, because she's saying about accepting half. Here's what she's saying. She's saying that if I don't, we don't, we have to. You are going to be okay with this because if you, because I was saying, look, I'll take all the fucking money if you don't split it. You'll you'll have nothing. She goes, and where are you going to go with that? She goes, you're using a driver's license that they already know they're looking for this guy. Gary Sullivan was all the driver's license I only one I had. Mm-hmm. They're like you got. Oh, I had a Michael Eckert one too. So they know Mike who Michael Eckert is by now too. They're like you're driving a you're driving a rider truck. In the name of a guy that they're going to be looking for. Because if you take all the money, I'll call the police and they'll be looking for that rider truck mm. in his name. Bitch. Um, um, how many miles? Five hundred, a thousand miles away from, uh, for, or a couple thousand miles away from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. I've got to go back there to get my car, which is also in the name of a guy they're looking for. <laughs> but at least it's not the rider truck. Oh, I, you know all my fake IDs. When I I drove the rider truck there to to move my apartment there, all of my stuff because we lived in two separate houses at this point. We, she had her own fucking apartment. I had my own apartment. She had okay. moved her apartment to Houston. So now I'm picking up, packing up my stuff and moving it. We put all my stuff in a storage unit along with my IDs. So I couldn't even go and say, fuck you, and grab all my, all the, all my IDs that I had collected. They're in her storage unit. So I'm just fucked. I've got two IDs with me that they're looking for and a rider truck. So we're, we're arguing, and I'm, she, I'm saying, I'll take all the money. And she's saying, and what? Where are you going to go? In the rider truck they're looking for, even if you have all the fucking money. She's like, I'll make one call. Here's the thing. If I was this brutal, angry, manipulative guy, I'd have just beaten her ass or something or <laughs> choked her to death something. Instead, I'm sitting there like practically begging her. You got to give me something. What are you? I can't leave with 10 grand. What am I going to But she did have a powerful argument, which was this. She said, look, I can't do what you do. You'll take the 100000 You'll turn it into a couple million mm-hmm. very quickly. <clears throat> I'm going to have to live off this money for the rest of my life. And she was right. She wasn't she – wasn't, she's not a con. She's not a grifter. She's not going to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she'd be able to go very long at all. I was amazed she lasted a year. And I remember thinking, she's right. I'll take the money. I'll make a bunch more money. And I did very quickly. I had a few million dollars very quickly. Mm, makes sense. So I just grabbed the money and left. I, my biggest problem is I'm driving. I got no ID. I cannot get pulled over. Yeah. I do this. Oh, my gosh. What a why I left my son. Rebecca hasn't seen her son in more than a year. That's not true. That's fucked up. That's not true. Why? Because when we went to Vegas, we saw her son. Really? We stopped. We gave her son money. We gave her fucking parents money. We gave her ex-husband money. We gave everybody money. And by the way, when they catch her, she didn't give them all the money. She got a whole bunch of money. She told me that she had fucking money. She had left the money with, with the guy she's fucking banging. <laughs> she told me all the – she told me what really happened. So I'm like, damn. Oh, she fucking she, – she did pretty good. Anyway, but yeah, she had seen her son. We went there, and uh, and she, she saw her son like – I like hung out, uh-huh. and she saw, saw her son for like – half a day like six or seven hours then she called me i picked her up then we, we bought a bunch of fucking presents and gifts she left him money she left the husband i actually gave the the ex-husband money i actually met What'd him at him? his job 30 grand Fuck. yeah we she gave her family money she gave her 
her son was actually staying with her mother. Like, we would just happen to drive by her so mom. why would you give the ex-husband 30 grand? Because, you know, he's taking care of the kid. She's not like she's well, paying... You said the mother was taking care of the kid. The, you just said she was. the kid was staying with her mom. Was, for the weekend, bro. Oh, they all lived... Like, oh, like you a, said he was living with No, them. like a couple miles. He was staying at the grandmother's house mm. for the weekend. They're, you oh, know. okay. Well, so, so we happened to, we, she's like, oh, let's drive by my mom's house. And as we're driving by the mother's house, she's like, holy, she's like, oh my God, there's Bryce. He's playing in the front yard. And I was like, fuck, you wanted to see him. I go, do you want to stop here? Because we were going to go by the husband's house to see him. To see him. Because I'd already dropped off money at the husband's. Mm. So I was like, and I told the husband, he gave me his phone number and everything. And I was going to, we were going to set up a time. And I was like, fuck, if you want to see Bryce, you can do it right now. Mm. This guy's not getting off work for like fucking six or eight hours. We do it right now. And she's like, I go, it's perfect because nobody expects it. He's there. So I pull over. I let her out. She walks in. She calls me and says, I'm good. You can go. I go down the street. I hang out for like five or six hours till eventually she calls me. She calls me every like hour or so. Eventually she calls me and says, okay, I'm ready. I go by. I pick her up. Then we end up meeting the husband again. We give him a bunch of, we buy a bunch of toys and everything. I mean, you know, look, it's a shitty thing. But it's like the least you can do. Like her son's like, look, I want this. I want this. I want this. And we go and we spend a couple grand and buy him all these toys and all this stuff he wants. Come back. We drop it off with the fucking husband, with the ex-husband. You know, I mean, it's it's a shitty situation. But the whole, I hadn't seen my my son and this, that's not true. Sob story. Edward alive. Sad. It's so sad. And then there's the pressure from the Secret Service. Cox Googles himself constantly. <laughs> he knows the Secret Service is day. working with the media to get their now faces in front of as many people as possible. Rebecca Hawk can't stand the heat. We were on TV. This U.S. Secret Service was doing a press conference about us. They had done a, a, our pictures, our warrant pictures, and I just freaked out. I'm like, no, we got to leave. We have to leave. This is, you know, this is, we're too close. They're going to find us. We got to go. She was definitely going to get us caught. I mean, that's what I was thinking. She was having a meltdown. I mean, she really was melting down. She was, she was coming apart. One morning in March of 2005, Rebecca takes a shower. Not true. 24 hours Cox I was there. We had an argument. Opportunity to steal away. He takes all the cash, but leaves behind all his cell phones. That's true. Any way that I could get a hold of him, he left. And I was just like... What? And so um, I expected, okay, he's going to come back. He's just mad. He's going to come back. And, well, he never came back. <laughs> she says you took all the money? She Like, keep in mind, look, that, that is basically, see how it's, that's she, that, that slob, yeah. whatever's going on there? That's basically how she lived. Wow, they did a good job. Um, so that was actually a good B-roll. So, Shout out to the B-roll team at NBC. So, um, first <clears throat> of all, she didn't get a job. For a year. So if you didn't get a job for a year, how did you live if I took all the money? You had 500 grand, bitch. Yeah, you had 500 grand. <laughs> so, one, you did keep the money. Mm. You Also, she had bought a brand new car and a motorcycle. Um, she's paid in full for beauty school. So she's going to beauty school because she realizes after a few months he ain't coming back. So she says, okay, she gets be- does the beauty school thing. So how did you do all of that with no money? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. But see, like, American Re- they don't even question that. No, of course not. And, and, I, and the Secret Service agent, uh, Adrian Peacock, she told me, she's like, no, I mean, we, we, we know you left her with money. Because I was like, I, I left her with money, and I, I don't have any fucking money. You need money. Yeah. Fucking, 
she had money, and they're like, no, we know she had money. They're like, look, she had like thirty grand in the bank. Yeah. The car's paid for, motorcycles paid for. She goes, she's got jewelry. She's been paying fucking like two thousand dollars, twenty two hundred or something like that, and uh, rent every month. This is fucking fifteen years ago. So she, they're like, trust me, we know she's got money. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, total fucking bullshit. Weeks turn into months, and Rebecca tries to go straight. Mm. She makes up a new name, Rebecca Sue Hickey, and goes to work as a cocktail waitress. But someone recognizes her face. We got a phone call based on our wanted poster that this person believed that she was using the name Rebecca Hickey. Rebecca Hawk is arrested in Houston while attending class at a cosmetology school. There were about five U.S. Marshals that came in to class, and I was just like, oh, man. And I, you know, I thought, they're here for me. The Secret Service hopes Rebecca can answer their most pressing question. Where is Matt Cox? She hasn't seen him or talked to him in a year. Cox is still on the run. Now he's in Nashville with a new girl and a new real estate company. Single mother. Maybe it's karma catching up with him. But the con man is about to become a victim when American greed returns. You can't get away with that forever. You're going to get caught. Is that the actual lady? I've actually never. That that police officer? um, Like, I've seen her on the show. And I've seen quotes from her and stuff. I don't even remember talking to her. Hmm. I think she may have been the person that called me to say, hey, can you meet us at the house? But I don't ever remember interacting with her. In Nashville, Matt Cox is living it up. While his old girlfriends get used to prison stripes. Rebecca Hawk has been arrested by the Secret Service. And Allison Arnold is in prison. Gail McKenzie is the federal prosecutor in charge of the case. There was absolutely no regard for the over 100 victims that he left behind. His girlfriend slash accomplices, he knew they had gone to jail. He just moved on with more and more fraud. In Nashville, Cox forms yet another fraudulent shell company, steals the identity of another homeless person and starts dating yet another pretty young woman. A single mom, of course. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. She and Cox go on a whirlwind Mother trip fucker. to Venice. And then Greece. Paid for, of course, with stolen money. And made possible by Cox's stash of fake IDs. You and I can't even get on a plane uh, without somebody looking at us uh, anymore. Matt Cox, uh, you know, the, at the top of the most wanted list, was able to create an ID that passed muster for him to get out of the country and back in. Maybe Cox has tempted fate once too often. Maybe it's karma catching up with him. But one night, he's back in Nashville relaxing at home with his girlfriend when two armed intruders break through his front door. Officer Cassandra Del Bosco responds, and Cox shows her a video taken from his security camera. You can actually see one lift his foot up and kick in the door. And one of them's holding him at gunpoint, and then you see him getting all their property. And, and, and you see Cox, is, he's kind of mad. He's not really 
scared. He's mad. I was terrified. The thieves get crazy. away with the you girl. Were terrified? Car. Fuck yeah! Of two what? fucking guy. Two f- of what? Oh, the, you're talking about when the two guys were actually robbing you. Two fucking guys just kicked in my front fucking door with with fucking guns, screaming, "Get on the fucking ground!" and everything. I'm like, "Fuck!" All I could think about was, "What the fuck do you guys want? <laughs> How do I get rid of these motherfuckers?" I thought they were gonna fucking. You know, it actually didn't. Think I think were... she said that she said you were mad when you were kind of explaining it to them or showing them the footage of what happened. You were no, mad I'm after sh- the point. I think I was mad during the foot. I was definitely. I probably looked mad. Yeah. But I was scared. Oh, okay. You know. I'm, you know. I'm, what the fuck? You know. But I just look mad. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But trust me, fucking pure terror. Car, jewelry, and six thousand dollars in cash. Cox files a police report under his alias. Joseph Carter. And we did run his DL. It it was a valid Tennessee driver's license with his picture on it. We had no reason to believe it wasn't him. That's not the idea. Around the same time, the Secret Service gets a tip from a woman in Nashville. She's seen the most wanted poster. Trina. Thinks Cox is living in her neighborhood. No. tipster. Wait, Trina? Trina. Who's Trina? Trina's the chick that Amanda and I, my girlfriend, the single mother, were seeing. Mm. Remember? I remember The now. first pod- podcast, 40. Yeah, I remember now, yeah. Trina. Trina. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it has. Uh, so Trina, Amanda told Trina, Trina calls and turns me in. Fuck. That's, her mother was, they, they always say, the baby, so a babysitter turned him in. The babysitter's mother or Trina's mother was the babysitter. Mm. She's the one that called. It's just stupid. It was Trina. Describes Cox to a T. Secret Service then gets in position to make the big arrest, and he's no longer there. Gone once again. This time, we were within two days of him. I can't tell you what a tremendous letdown that was. The day after, Officer Del Bosco gets a page. And I looked down on my computer and I noticed that the Secret Service had just sent out an email, please stay out of the area, we're looking for a fugitive. And I, I looked at the address and I thought, hold up a second, we just had a home invasion there two days ago and I talked to this supposed fugitive that they're looking for. Working with the Secret Service, the Nashville police create a ruse. They ask Cox to meet them for a follow-up report about the home invasion. Cox is so confident in his ability to fool everyone that he falls right into the trap. The Secret Service is waiting. Yes. Hey, Matthew, how you doing? Yes, you are Matthew Cox, aren't you? And I went, yeah, I'm Matthew Cox. And I mean, I remember my knees went weak just because I hadn't heard my name out loud in so long. After three years on the run, Matt Cox is finally stopped. He's taken a total of $12 million from banks and private lenders. And he's left behind more than 100 victims. Mm. Once in custody, he begins to talk freely to the Secret Service. He was very forthcoming in what he had done, but he was trying to sell to us, just like he had tried to sell to others, that there really are no victims. And that's what he wanted us to believe, that... The, you know, the title insurance companies, that's what they're there for. You know, insurance companies pay policy, so really no one is hurt. Bridget Brown and her husband were conned by Cox at a time when they were caring for a sick child. He was constantly in and out I of mean, the hospital. 
certainly in our case, in a young family going through some stressful times, and he was aware of that. You know, we mentioned that getting to the closing was difficult for us because we had to find appropriate medical care. Never talked to her till the closing. Yeah, I think it was a pretty poor argument to say that this was a victimless crime. Never said it was a victimless crime. On April either, by 10th, the way. 2007, Matthew Bevan Cox pleads guilty to bank fraud. Mortgage fraud. Damn, and I do. They even got the short guy with the fucking. No, that's me. Is that actually that's me? You? I thought this was B roll. <laughs> no, that's from the interview oh, with Dateline. Fuck. That's the interview with Dateline. Oh, I thought it was B roll. <laughs> fucking identity theft. He is later sentenced to oh. twenty six years. In no, federal... I gotta watch that again. An identity theft. He is later sentenced to 26 years in federal prison. This fellow got what he deserved. He got a very stiff sentence in federal prison. And because there's no parole in the federal system anymore, he is going to spend a couple of decades plus. You're fucking wrong about federal that, custody. bro. I wouldn't fucking. 26 fucking years for some, for some fucking money? I mean, look, no offense. I'm not saying I shouldn't have done some time, but 26 fucking years? Are you fucking crazy? That's insane. That's an insane amount of fucking time. Yeah, it depends on who you ask, I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> to people who might otherwise be inclined to commit this type of crime. Rebecca Hawk is sentenced to six years in prison. But she, she will be eligible for release in 2009. Yeah. She got Matt her Cox's story has one more mystery. Mm. Five million dollars of his loot is still missing, leaving the feds where wondering, yeah, where's the money? Six where's million. the money, Matt? Six million. Where's it buried? Um, yeah, it's, uh... I would love to know the answer to that question. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no money, bro. There's no money. Where's There's the no money? money. There's no money. <sighs> it, it, you know, it hurts when you talk to me like that. <laughs> I, I have feelings. The possibilities are limitless as to where he could have put the money. Cox's former girlfriends believe he may have an offshore account. If he does, it'll be a long time before he's sipping margaritas on a beach. Hmm. Matt Cox's projected release date is 2029. Here we are in 2020. Where's the fucking money, Matt? Listen, Cayman well, Islands? I've never been in the Cayman Islands. No. There's a lot of banks over there. There are. You know that when I was being interviewed by the Secret Service, they were like, they were, um, they were saying, because when we, when Amanda and I went to, uh, uh, went to Italy, I had, I had like a cap fall off, right? And so I needed to go to a dentist. So I left. I was like, look, while you guys go do this, and we were in Bari. And I said, while you guys go shopping, I'm going to go to a dentist. So I go to a dentist and I have them, they like glue the fucking thing back on, right? Mm-hmm. So when I get picked up, the Secret Service is like, listen, you know, I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? I don't, there's no money there. She was like, you were in, you had multiple passports. You were in Bari. Uh, and, you, and Amanda told us that you left for like four or five hours. You could have easily opened up multiple bank accounts. And put the money away in cashier's checks or whatever. And I was like, that's, first of all, 
there would be bank accounts that were being opened by Americans. The, the U.S. U.S. would be notified that you had an, a bank account in another country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, and, she, and then they were like, "Well, you could, for all we know, you've got a, a you've got IDs in other people's names outside of the country." So, for all we, and I'm like, "Let's listen, stop." If you were smart, you would have. Yeah, if I was smart, but I'm not that smart. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks I'm so sharp. I'm not. You did a good job convincing me. Oh, good times. Okay, this was good. This was great. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> and thank you. I'm sure I can, I'm speaking for millions of people uh, on YouTube, too. I'm sure they're all extremely millions. entertained by this episode. They've been looking for it for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. What about the Dateline one? Oh, we should do that one next. Yeah, but you got to get... Like, you know what? You know what? Pain, one. You know what? Listen, it's twice as bad as this one. Is it really? It's fucking Is horrible. that one on YouTube? Because they actually interview me. Oh, shit. <clears throat> um, let's see. Is it on we'll find it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. Oh, no, it's nowhere. It's I've nowhere. looked and looked. Everybody's. It might, listen, I got an army of guys in the comment section who have scoured the Internet. They would, <laughs> if, they was, if you could find it, they'd have found it. Yeah. But to get this, I had to get American Greed. I had to because it was on Hulu initially when I first mm-hmm. got out. Then they took like the whole season down. And so I had to contact. Is it NBC? I, I had to, have no clue. They, I had to contact the producers of whatever. So you have it? What? No, for for American Greed. No, I give you it have to the Dateline episode? No. Oh, no. I'm saying I con- I had to contact them. They wanted me to give them like $1,100, $1,200 or right, something right, first. Right, right. Then they came back and I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I, I'm the guy. I'm, they're like to license it to you. It's this much. Plus every time I was like, license it, bro. I said, I'm the guy in the episode. <laughs> so then they come back and they go, okay, well, we'll – Sell you one for four hundred dollars or three hundred something. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Just like you. Well, then I, then I explain. <laughs> I then I explain that. Listen, you've already given me a copy before. I have a copy. They had given me one, and my mother had it, and she's lost it. And I did this whole fucking thing that you gave gave me mm-hmm. one. I had a courtesy copy. My mother moved. She lost the yeah. copy. I just asking you to replace it. I already have it. You've already given it to me for free. So then they came back and they said, "Okay, here's what we'll do. We'll post it, and you can we'll we'll da- give you the download." So they mm-hmm. downloaded and gave Got it to it. me. And that was it. But so somebody needs to do that for Dateline because yeah. there's a, there's actually two Datelines. One where I'm not interviewed. They just interview Becky. You can imagine how that one comes off. Then there's a second one where they interview me. It's still horrible. Where this guy, the same guy that did this, same narrator, same dude, huh? Same dude. Because it's it's called Curtis Productions. Mm-hmm. He did, they do did both of them. So, yeah, man, it was it was horrible too. Anyway, this was good. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. All right. Well, wait, wait, wait. You got we got to plug got to plug the oh, book. Plug the book one more time. Listen, bro, buy the fucking book. It's a pretty good book. Okay. And the the YouTube channel. I got a YouTube channel. Yeah. What's your YouTube channel? It's called Inside True Crime, and it's got about seven or eight of my stories plus some supplementary material on there and uh audio books some of the stories i've written and then also i have a website inside true crime.com and uh patreon. patreon i got patreon and uh what else now oh, there's other stuff there's instagram and all the other junk yeah yeah, yeah. you're on all, all the all the typical platforms yeah i'm trying to figure it out hey do you know who bubba the love sponge is yeah he's like one of the most famous radio shock jock DJ whatever hosts in Tampa Bay. Talk to a guy that like represents him today, and I'm um, he's supposed to try and hook it up so that I go on Bubble. Up. He's on um he's Twitch. Twitch. He's on Twitch. 
I forget how many million subscribers, whatever. He's got a bunch. I, have, I mean, I grew up when when I grew when I was in Tampa. Yeah. I, Bubba Love Sponge was huge. So when oh, the yeah. guy said Bubba Love Sponge, I was like, the fuck? He was like, do you know who that is? I was like, the fuck? Of course I know. Who, who doesn't know who Bubba the Love Sponge <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, look, would you be interested? And I was like, fuck yeah. I'd that would be sick. That. be awesome, bro. Yeah, he's on Twitch now. He was hilarious. He's I love. I fucking listen to him all the time. I mean, yeah. Used to. That would be great. So maybe that'll happen. Bow wow. That was his deal. We'll see. We'll what do you do? He, uh, he... Did he kill a pig on the radio? What did he do? He fucking. Bro, I was. I think mean, I was. I've been. I think this. they slaughtered a pig on on like live radio, and that's one of the reasons a lot of people didn't like him. Like he got a lot of heat for that. He did a lot of fucked up shit. Like he had. Who? He was kind of like the Stern, the Howard Stern of the South. Right. Right. Stern was in New York, and he was in Florida. He was good. He's still good friends with Howard Stern. He still talks to him on his show. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, Howard Stern would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool to be on. Yeah. Um, I told you, but I tell you, uh, the Wolf's Den, uh, with, uh, uh, the Belfort guy, Belfort. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so his, uh, his, yes, that's good. That's you're hitting all the, all the right channels. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying. I don't know yet. I haven't got a call back. I, I got a couple of email, a couple of emails will. from his assistant, but you, you know, will. I haven't heard the fly out here, bro. Those guys that's what I am. That would be great. You're good content for them. So we're, we're I picked you out of the dirt. You did. <laughs> I you emailed off. you. How and does now, this turn? Oh. You're, listen, you're great at this. You're going to be writing these fucking American <laughs> Greeks and you're tweaking it slowly. Uh, not really. I, I emailed you. Yeah, you and then did. you you conned me. Yeah, I remember when you said you were like uh, you were like I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing a true crime podcast, and you go, well, you know, the best way to gauge whether people would be interested in not or not is for you to come on my show and tell your story. And I was thought, I right or was I wrong? This motherfucker's trying to get me to fucking come on and tell my story. <laughs> and you were like, because then you know, you go then then if we were to do the you know, then we'll know. And then we could talk about doing a true crime podcast. And so I did it. And now you're like, yeah, I just don't know. I, I just don't see any interest there. <laughs> now you're fucking, tr- now you're Look like, where you are I'm now. so busy. Look I where you are now. Now con- you're too busy for me, Matt Cox. Unbelievable. I tried to get you to do an episode of my fourth show. And you said, you told me to get Florida, lost. I never, it's not what I said. It's not what I said. We're trying to do a day in the life documentary of Matt Cox. Listen, I'm painting a uh, painting of the Joker right now. I know you told me. <laughs> We fucking, should be filming that. that. That's pretty cool stuff. It is pretty the cool Joker's stuff. The Joker's pretty cool. Everyone wants to see a day in the life of Matt Cox outside yes, of the studio. Okay, bro, listen, it, it starts at like 4.30 or 5 in the Fuck morning. Fuck yeah, let's do it. I get a, a couple of, you know. A couple of. A uh, cu- couple of cups couple of coffee. raw sugars. <clears throat> fucking. Mainline a couple of uh, packets of raw sugars. I, I hit the gym, you know, because I'm 50. Yeah. I'm falling apart. Run five miles. We go to my buddy, uh, my buddy's gym. Uh, tree, uh, let's do it. Calta. Um, yeah. Then I come home. I either go to my mom's house and I have breakfast with my mom. That'd and, be sick. Can we film that? You have breakfast with your mom? No, I, my, my, she's so old. She's I know, like but it'd be husband. great. Like it'd be great content for everybody. She's ninety. That's crazy. She's ninety and she picks at me. That would be so much fun to film that, would, and people would love it. She does. She's. It's always the same thing. Oh, you don't shave anymore? No, mom, I shave. Well, well you didn't shave up. today. We'll do the follow up to the. Uh, to the American Green. You don't have any collared shirts? No, I, I have them, Mom. I just didn't wear one. You don't <laughs> ever wear them. All right, cool. Well, let's do it. Thanks again for doing this, and uh, that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Have a nice night, everybody. See you. See you.